I don't care if you've been killing clickers and wolves all night. If you up, smash that like button. Welcome to Black and Black Times Infinity. I'm your host, Cthulhu's Party. You're coming to you live and direct from the stack. Smoke me out, fam, with that tank shit. Well, on my left. Blue? Oh, did you say a name? Can you hear me? Yeah, blue. Yeah. I said blue, yeah. You're cutting in and out. <laughs> I didn't hear you say anything. Hey, yo, it's your boy Blue here. There's only okay. four cops you should trust. Axel Foley, Mike Larry, um, and, uh, oh, God, fuck, I fucked this up. Mike <laughs> 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 Larry and, uh, and Carl Winslow. And, miss, and Mr. X. There's a couple other ones, too, that I know. <laughs> no, not Mr. X. And, um, God, fucking... Oh, God, I was trying to think of Martin Lawrence character's name in Bad Boys. Marcus. Marcus, yeah, Marcus, Mike Larry, and um, Carl Winslow. I, I know a few cops. I God guess, damn. So I'm just saying. No, 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 only those four cops. Also, on one, one of the podcasts, I'm just saying. <laughs> Next up, we got Kronos. Uh, I don't have an intro. I saw another spider just before we started this, by the way. <laughs> And it was fucking bullshit. It almost, it almost fell. It almost crawled into my beer. So I need to like spray this entire area. I just move the fuck out of the garage as soon as possible. Anyway, later. Yeah. <laughs> God. Damn. Uh, but not least, we got the boy Stitch. Joel was right. Yes, he Ooh. was. All right. All right. So what all are we, right. Chronos, uh, you usually got some type of stats for us. Uh, that I do. Just uh, pulling it up. Uh, listener of the week would be Asha. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Um, and first in the chat would be oh, my chat is closed. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta refresh. Hmm? Apparently. Just... <laughs> All right, be warrior fella. Let's All go right, warrior fella. And also, and also Patrick. He's another, always in. Another beer brother up in this bitch. I'm drinking a. Drinking a good beer right now. So, Patrick, I'm drinking a matricide. Um, I don't know what, what brewery this is, but it's pretty good. It's a good stout. But, yeah, I'm having one beer for the podcast. But it's a good beer, so it's all right. Good <laughs> shit. Uh, oldest ninja in the world is not with us. Uh, it looks it looks like he may be MIA, uh, out of town doing some business. But uh, I'm going to try to ha- tackle some of this uh, pouring out of malt beverage. Sir Ian Holm, who uh, is infamous for uh, his role, I think this was Bilbo in uh, the, the Hobbit and uh, Lord of the Rings, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So he got knighted. Um, I think he was in his 80s. Rest in peace to him. I loved him in that role. That's all I know about him. I didn't do the, the, the typical old ninja research on him. Yeah. <laughs> Where blue go? Just take care of his dogs. Um, and then this, this, this next one is Joel Schumacher. He's a director of obviously heard of. I think he did the '90s Batman movies, which we never talk about, and quite a few others. Yeah, but I mean, they kind of disrespected him with saying that he was <laughs> uh, the the Batman guy because I mean, he did the bad Batman movies that I remember. I mean, they could have said the Lost Boys. That have been a, a better, you know. Like if, if you think of the, uh, did he do the, the Michael Keaton ones? I don't think he did. He did the ones that with the with the bat nipples, didn't he? No, not the Michael. He did. 
Yeah, he did the crappy ones with uh, George Clooney, I believe. Yeah, that's one of were like, oh yeah, you know, Joel Schumacher, that the guy who did Batman. I was like, mm, those are bad ones though. Why don't you use some of his other good yeah. movies? I mean, he made other good movies. Shit, he did The Wiz. What? He was a writer of The Wiz. <laughs> yeah, like, in like 1978. So Jesus Christ, he could've, they could have said The Wiz. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would be in the Wiz. Um, I'm also seeing on here a top. A Time to Kill, which was excellent, and yeah. Falling Down, which we've talked about, was excellent. Yeah, they literally picked his two shittiest movies. movies. They picked his two shittiest movies to be like, oh, you're dead. So, and, These are the shitty movies that you did. <laughs> yeah, we, you gotta forgive him for Batman Forever. Yeah, they could have just said something else. I mean, like I said, The Lost Boys was, was a great movie. Bad Nipples, man. Bad Nipples. That's all you gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. People, are, people remember you for your worst. Well, we're yeah, not, that's true. We're not Joel Schumacher. Listen, All right. it's the greatest podcast ever. You did better movies than that. We understand. <laughs> you're good to go. I'm sad you're gone. Absolutely. Sorry, I can't hear my dog for you. Also, also it looks like he did a couple of the uh, cards episodes. I know I know Stitch gets on there, or loves that one. Oh, I, I wasn't even aware of that. I, I have to go and see which episodes he, uh, he took care of. Well, I, was a, I like House of Cards until I learned about it. The vile shit that uh, that dude yeah. did. So I was like, well, oh, I guess. I mean, RIP to him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. Right, can can we start with some nerd shit to to like start off the show this time? Uh, oh. yes, yes, we can. Cause we'll talk about some other like yeah. real shit later. Um, Sorry, am I cutting out? No, you're good. You're good. Um, you want to talk yeah. about The Last of Us too? Goddamn it. All three, at least three out of the four of us are playing this Last of Us 2. It's in our hands. It's in our PS4s. Yeah, Blue, are you playing it? Yeah. No. Are you going to play it? Yeah. yeah. Probably not. I didn't play the first one. Oh, okay. Well, then we're just going to fucking spoil it for you then. Yeah, I guess we'll play it. <laughs> yeah. So this will be a yeah. uh, uh, spoiler alert if you don't want to hear about the Last of Us 2 and our honest opinions. <laughs> I'll try to like keep it kind of light on spoilers, but I will talk about like certain... I'm not gonna. Let's let's try not to give up like the actual storyline this week, um, because there's Correct. also there's there's some bombshells that happen in the game that are really fucked up, and I think that it has people up in their feelings, in my feelings too, but in a different kind of way than most other people. Um, I guess I'll start talking about it first. Um, the game's on two discs, right? It is. There's a data disc, and then there's the the game disc, but. Yeah, go ahead. The, the game is fucking awesome. Uh, it's as far as I'm concerned right now, it's it's brought oh, really? okay. like it's better than the first one, which was hard to believe. And if y'all have listened to this podcast long enough, y'all would have known that the, the first one is actually a, a sore spot for me for like a really long time because uh, when I was playing the first Last of Us, um, I got hit with like the PlayStation Three version. What was it? Four, a uh, four, five, five, and it killed my PS3 for like a oh, month. The update. Yeah, and Sony sent it back to me, fucked up. But I was in the middle. I was in the very beginning of playing it, and because of that, I kind of I shied away from playing the first one for a long time. And then finally, uh, Prodigy let me borrow uh, it, and I passed it. And it was it was a great game. But anyway, the second one is even better, and uh, people are complaining about the uh, the gameplay being the same, but it's like. Isn't that normal in games for the gameplay to be pretty much similar to like the last ones? There are some changes, but you don't want to have like s significant changes, you know? 
significant we had significant changes in God of War, but that was like a, that was a large, you know, timeline. Like a gap, right? Yeah, it was a huge gap. So you know, the Last of Us came out like what four or five years ago. So in the gameplay, so, no, 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 seven. Was it seven? Well, even yeah. still, like the the mm-hmm. game, the gameplay is still it still works for me. It's actually better in this one because I can I don't need chips anymore. I, immediately I can use a fucking knife and kill motherfuckers. And in this one I think it's better because, um, and I feel like in the first Last of Us, I wasn't pressured into like into realism. So I'm playing the game on hard. I think Stitches too, right? Yeah. Any other guy? Are probably you playing on hard? No, my 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 first one. I'm just doing normal right now. Okay. Well, I think everybody should probably play this game on hard. <laughs> like, just to be honest with you, because you see, it's way more realistic. Because you can get fucking insta jacked by by things, and it, it it makes it seem more like your life is on the line. And I feel fucking terrible mm-hmm. every single time Ellie dies. Like seriously, I feel fucking bad. Like I just I just killed a little. She's not a little kid. She's like an eighteen year old girl. You know what I mean? And I, and I feel terrible. And like the the animations of like when she dies is like I just did that to this person, and I feel terrible. Um, <laughs> and there's like there's dire consequences. Like it, there's times where like you have to run. Where you you can't fight, you can't kill everything. If you do, you're just gonna you. There's no point in trying to kill everything, not even stealthily. So th- it's realistic. Like there's no way you can go against a fucking army and kill them all <laughs> with one person with like a limited amount of bullets. And it's not like Metal Gear Solid where you can like hide in fucking boxes and no, like, sneak up on- <laughs> no, because they have they have fucking dogs in this game. That will oh, fucking find you, man. I was like, they keep, they keep ratcheting up like the shit that can fuck you up. And when they introduced the dogs, I was like, because I was wrecking shit for a long time. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm good to go. There's been a couple of times where I had to like, you know, leave the area. But when they had the dogs, I was just like, all right. And the within like the first hour of you meeting the dogs, there's a scene where you have to run. And there's no, you have really have no choice. If you try, I tried to fight for like an hour, like dying, <laughs> like a dumbass for an hour. And I was like, all right, I, I have to just leave this area. And as you're leaving, it like leads you into this masterwork of gaming design where like you're running, and like all these people are trying to like, trying to like kill you. And I'm like, I killed like at least 10 dudes and like two dogs, sorry dogs, on my way, like running for my fucking life. My fucking palms are sweaty. I'm just trying to get away from everybody. And then once like the, um, the action ends it's just like damn like you go they do like a really cool um sort of like balance of like no enemies being around to like ratcheting it goes from like zero to a fucking thousand in an instant and you don't know the instant's gonna be and there are very few games that are like that where it's still enjoyable to play because like there are jump scares but it's like the jump scares happen but it's like shit keeps happening and you have to like keep up with them so, I mean, thus far, I'll talk about it a little bit more later, but I want to get you guys' initial yeah. reactions to it as well. Yeah. Stitch, want to get, get in here. You've been enjoying this uh, one as well. Tell us your, your actually, initial thoughts. Chronos uh, covered a lot of it. I mean, I'm absolutely loving it. It, um, it does bring me back to the first one. It's, it's so hard for me to compare the first one to this one. I mean, both of them were just masterpieces. So I, I don't want to take anything away from the first one. It's just an epic story that's being told in the first game and this game. It's like, I'm so invested in the story, finding out everything going on 
in uh, in this game. It, uh, we talked about it with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, where you're just fascinated on everything going on in this world. Same thing uh, with Last of Us. For those that haven't played it for some reason, I guess like Blue, you got to go back and play the first one before you jump into this, the second one. Because so uh, I should play the first one if I do play. Oh, it. You, oh yeah, you you have to have to. Yeah. Uh, the first one's on the PS3, right? They remastered it. It's so on the on the four. Yeah. Mm. And I think with the remastered one, you get that um, that little side uh, DLC with uh, Ellie yeah. and the the one chick. Um, I forget what I was gonna say. Oh, oh, credit to Naughty Dog. That's that's what yeah. I wanted to say. Naughty Dog does a great job of just telling these stories, and you kind of it's such a difference. Most of us have played the Uncharted game. And the Uncharted games are kind of like murder simulators, where it's just like, all right, I'm just shooting everything in sight. I mean, boom, so boom, boom, boom. This one sort of is too. And you murder a lot of motherfuckers <laughs> brutally. Yeah. <laughs> but like with with uh with with Drake, like you can kind of like, all right, I'm going from point A to point B. You're, you're taking a couple shots and you're you're ducking and covering. Like this is like so much more focused on stealth. Yeah. And like just like just shanking people in their neck and stuff. So it's it's a different. Uh, mechanic than the Uncharted games, but you get the awesome storytelling, the great uh, action scenes that, that uh, you just talked about with, with the car chase. And it's just really, really fun to play. Dude, the, the AI in this game, have you guys noticed how the AI in this game seems like the most realistic fucking ever? Like, as far as like, the oh, yeah, you know? Holy shit! I can't find patterns that the, the people are, like, walking in. Like, yeah. Normally, they're kind of like, oh, yeah, go this. And I'm like, all right, they'll do that, and they'll come back around. And, like, no, they're just all over completely random in terms of, like, how the, the people are walking. And they, yeah, talk, I love it. and they talk to each other, like, immediately. Like, if, if you if somebody yeah. sees you immediately, yeah. it's like, you're fucked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the one well, I'll let you. Did, did you get your initial? Uh, that, that was the, my, I mean, that was just sort of my initial, uh, once we go a little bit deeper without spoiling, I can sort of talk about some more, but go ahead with your initials. Yeah, so for me, just, just to piggyback on what you said, Naughty Dog does not fucking miss, man. I, I, I've enjoyed pretty much every uh, Naughty Dog game since the, the first Uncharted, uh, and the first Uncharted was is good, but, you know, obviously they got, kept getting better and better. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the internet was smoking with, uh, and we'll get into this later, but some of the the user reviews being so uh, so drastically different from uh, the critical reviews. So far, I am absolutely loving everything about the gameplay and story. There's a ton of little things. I know uh, last, or 2018, we talked about God of War a lot in terms of the little things that they did so well. This gets the little things extremely well in terms of not only the notes, uh, but the sound variety in the environment, and even things as, as small as hearing a whistle and fucking freaking out. Oh, like, yeah. oh damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Well, no, you guys were talking about like picking locks and stuff. Oh, um, cracking safes. Yeah, 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 so like what I yeah. do now, when I see a safe, I don't look for the fucking like, code, I just crack it. Like, I, I, I've only. And, I, I found the codes intentionally. I'm sorry. I found the codes accidentally, like three times. And I probably came across ten fucking safes, and I've cracked all the safes. And it's awesome. The way, the way they do it is awesome. 
So the detail to the game is so well that when you're turning the stage, you can actually hear like the, the little clicks going on, or like does the character have to like lean in? And stuff? No, you hear the clicks. Oh, that's crazy. And, and, and there's some false clicks. Yeah, the, the other thing that really struck me right off the bat, though, um, there's way more stations to upgrade your guns, and even the upgrading of your gun feels extremely realistic in terms of you put your backpack down, you take off the uh, silencer, you clip. I mean, just every little thing about it. And then um, the aspect of just being able to fully upgrade Really, I'll just focus on Ellie for right now, because uh, I don't know where everybody is, but focusing on upgrading Ellie with the pills and then her weapons yeah. feels so much cleaner and so much easier than the first game. Yeah, I uh, I agree, and the, I'm going to make a special shout-out to like the sound of the game. Like, the sound when you reload your gun, when you shoot, like every single gun has like their own feel and sound to it. When you're upgrading your your weapons, it's it's realistic as far as like how the upgrade looks. It's not realistic on like taking yep. garbage and like putting it together, but as far as like what what she's doing to upgrade. <laughs> so like when she upgrades like her like yeah. say the um, like with a bow, when you upgrade your sights, like she literally mm -hmm. adds in a new sight onto it. And when she wants to like shoot faster, she changes the strings. You know, it's not it seems very realistic and like the sounds that go into like all the little detail. Of all that shit. It's just like, it's really cool. It's always like the sound of just like when you kill somebody. God damn. When you stab somebody in your throat yes. and they start gurgling. <laughs> I'm like, yo. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. really good sound design. Well, even the sounds of, and I, I, I put this in the category of both an action game and one of the, maybe the best survival horror game of, of all time. I don't, I'm not quite sure yet, but it, it's going up there. But the sounds that you hear of different types of clickers have you fucking your pants you're gonna be like oh yeah. shit in certain circumstances and when they introduce new clickers or new infected yeah it, it, it just adds to this level of dread where you're just like i need to get out of here immediately i done fucked up entering this room yeah once the stalkers came oh. around i was like why <laughs> i was like seriously why is this better than the resident evil games as far as like zombies Critter thing scaring you and shit. So, so I think I think I'm willing to say, and I've, I've played nearly all of the, the RE's. Um, I think that this is because it's a better story. Um, and Resident Evil 2 kind of set from last year set the bar as high as it's been for that series. I haven't played RE the RE3 the remake quite yet, but yeah, I'm I'm willing to say so far because of the story and the comp uh, the the complex gameplay on this and the better upgrade mechanics, I give this the nod. Although I will say Resident Evil might have better, uh, not lore, but like the the, the room solving puzzles. I, I kind of enjoy it a little bit more in, in RE2, but you but this, this is a much bigger map and a much bigger room. Hmm? I think you saw the room puzzles? That don't sound like. <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> that just shows how much I like the game. Oh, that's great. Well, also, I find myself uh, getting kind of twisted around because I'll I want to loot everything like in certain rooms and buildings before I yeah. go on to where I think the uh, the, the story is progressing, and uh, it doesn't really give you like a completely 
obvious guide on, all right, I need to go through that door. I need to go through yeah. that door. I was like, okay, I think I need to go through here. So I'm going to go this way to, to loop this. Because uh, you'll see like multiple doors where it gives you the option to like open it. And you have no idea what's behind it. And uh, most recently, maybe like right before the cast I was playing, um, I opened the door thinking like, all right, this won't progress the story. And I was like, fuck, I missed a chance to loop this that, that room I'm, that I could have went into. That was a lot. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. I, I, I tried to pause it to like see if I could go back, but it was like too late. So I, I don't know what's in the room that I, I didn't get a chance to loop. Yeah, that's happened to me like at least three occasions in the game, which is like, I thought this was like a spot where I was going off the path, but that was the path I was supposed to go to. But like the... Uh, it's got, I'm glad you brought that up because, like, the scene that I was talking about where they, where they like, funneled you in the direction, like, that's sort of the same thing. It's, like, they funnel you in a direction, but it's, like, so organic in the way that they do it that you don't seem to notice. But, like, all of a sudden, you have to run in this, you have to go in a certain direction, and you don't notice till afterwards. Like, after it's done, it's like, huh. Like, I wonder if I, if I could have went anywhere else, but it's like, no, you couldn't have. Because you probably would have fucking died a horrible death. Yep. And when you die, god damn, it's fucking bad. It's so um, bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, even, even when even when like she gets shot, like sometimes you'll see the bullet like go through like her, her side, her yeah. face, her like arm or knee, her knee, and she'll just be like incapac like done. And I'm just like, ouch, ouch. Yeah. Even especially sometimes when you get hit with uh some like melee weapons from some of these other oh, guys. Oh yeah, they fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They'll fuck you up bad. I'm like, one of my oh, favorite damn, one of my favorite little. One of my favorite little things is when you get shot, being like if it's a, a, a certain type of rifle or a shoddy or something, and you get shot and it knocks you on your ass immediately. And yeah. you're like, you're flat on your back and you have to keep shooting because they're going to they're gonna reload or, or, or shoot you again. And I love that aspect of it because it just, it, it knocks you down. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you play on hard, you barely even have time to like try to bring your yeah. reticle up and aim it. It's <laughs> like you get knocked down and you just got to... You just gotta fire from the hip and hope that it, it grazes them or something. Because if you try to like aim it, you're, you get that second shot and you're done. It's almost like on hard, you get like two. If they hit you twice, you're pretty much dead. Yeah. It's pretty real, isn't it? Like when you get shot, like yes. it's like, oh shit, like you're fucking seriously struggling to like get away. I mean, you can take a oh, few yeah. shots. Like I upgraded my health. You know, so you, I could take a few shots and I also have an upgrade where I, I have like basically like a sort of like a last stand. Or like I, I can take I can take exactly one mortal wound, and I can keep going. But that's like I've upgraded this certain tree okay. a, a, a certain way. So that I mean that helps. But you you can still get fucked. And what's what's crazy is like, like the way the realism in this game. So I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but if if you shoot near someone and they're trying to shoot you, they'll flinch and they won't shoot. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So yeah so it gives you time to like you can just shoot in a general direction. And they'll flinch, and then it gives you time. If you have a, if you have your gun upgraded to like shoot twice fast, shoot twice fast, um, you can like throw them off for a second and fire yourself some time. But also, when you're playing on hard, it's a it's a fucking double a double edged sword. I hate to say that fucking thing. A double edged sword is fucking dumb. Like if because if you have a double edged sword, that's normal. It's not gonna hurt you. If you had a sword where the fucking handle is a goddamn blade, then that would hurt you. That's a more realistic thing. Anyway. When you're playing on hard mode, and you shoot, try to shoot somebody twice, and you waste one bullet to shoot them, like, more accurately, the fucking amount of bullets that you get in hard mode is insanely low. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, seriously, there's times where I'm running around with, like, literally, like, two, three bullets. 
And it's like, what am I doing here? Yep. <laughs> like, I, I always wonder myself, I'm like, why am I going to even upgrade the capacity of my gun? I only find three bullets. I'm, I'm rolling around with three bullets the most, it seems like, the entire thing. I'm like, why does it matter if my, my shotgun can hold, like, six rounds? The most I ever have is three. <laughs> oh, with with yeah. some of the uh, other firearms, like, with the pistols especially, I've had, like, I've had, I think, a max of nine or... I think nine overall mm -hmm. bullets. And that's like, that's a shitload. You're like, oh, I own this shit now. But <laughs> there's like a there's, like, there's a point in the game where I had like all these resources and all of a sudden I had to use them all. You know, I basically yeah. all of yep. them. Like I had like an arrow and two shotgun bullets. And that was it. <laughs> like after it was all set. And this is after I ran for my fucking life. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's like yeah, it's, you just gotta really use cool. bottles to distract and all kinds of shit. Yeah, yeah. I, have you started setting traps? I set traps for those fucking. Well, the other cool, the other cool. Yes. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, the trap traps are a necessity. But the other thing I was gonna mention is the AI for the enemies, especially with the wolves or or uh, the whistling ass scars. Um, they flank immediately yeah like yeah. oh yeah they, they're not gonna stay in one spot and just let you duck and cover and peek out and shoot no they're gonna circle around back and take you out immediately and i love that aspect of it because you cannot stay in one spot you don't feel safe yeah especially if they've already heard you it's on immediately yeah it's... they don't they don't fuck around they communicate really well with uh like the other ai bots like they communicate <laughs> they, they see a body and they're just like, oh shit, whatever, he's over here. And they immediately start flanking around and all kinds of stuff. So if you even, you kill somebody, it's like, all right, I got to move out the way because this body's going to get found. And because it's like, they're constantly on the radio and they're like, someone check in, check in. All right, I'm going to go see what's up or whatever. And they immediately start going around the area trying to find who's, who's missing. So what, what I did, should do. Did it, you notice that it's after certain kills? Oh, did you notice that after certain kills, they would say, oh my God, it's Oscar. Or, oh my, my God, name, it's yes. Rebecca. Yeah. I fucking love that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's small. Oh, that's, that's, that's sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, every every one of the bad guys have a name, so. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's totally insane. Like, and they're like, they say, it's like, they'll actually say stuff, like, personally about them sometimes, too. Where it's just like, sometimes you overhear, yeah. like, what they're saying. Like, they have these whole conversation trees. That are happening, and it's just like, hold the, the, the amount of detail, just like that alone, is so insane. Like, I don't know how they did this, yeah. but it's really, really well done. Like, it's. <laughs> did, they, did, did they push this game back? I think they did once. Yes. Yeah. Okay. A couple times. Yeah. Which is okay. fine. Maybe one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, per the exact, another perfect example of why get the game right. Don't rush it out, just get it right. Yeah. And, and the other thing, now, some fans of the first one really, really enjoyed, uh, the multiplayer gets overlooked from the part one, but it was actually really fun. The only thing the multiplayer was missing was actual clickers. This one does not have any multiplayer so far. I hope that it's something that they can add down the road, because some of these maps are ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But I don't even care. Right now, the campaign is more than enough. Yeah, the, the, the level design... The, all of the gameplay mechanics, the, uh, the AI, all that, and the story. Jeez, I mean, the, the story is so fucking good and, and complex and just heartbreaking. Like, it's... 
this is one of the games that kind of transcends media. It's like a whole different like stratosphere. Yep. Because you're basically you're like watching a movie but interacting with it, you know, and you're like and it's reactive to what you do and it's how you want to play, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it's very rare in this day and age where we have a game that that does something like that, you know, like there's only been. I think I talked about it in the chat, but there's only been like three games in recent memory, but pretty much ever that that have like elicited any kind of emotional response from me where it's just like, damn, I'm like almost at tears. And it was uh, God of War, um, Death Stranding, and The Last of Us 2. And actually, you know, the first Last of Us mm-hmm. as well. The very beginning. Um, oh, yeah. When The Last of Us, yep. like, punch in the feels like right away. Like, dude, what the fuck am I playing? And this, yeah, yeah, no... The, the first one was epic like that. I don't mean to jump in front of you, but even at the, the very end, the very last scene of the first one, you're yeah. just like, fuck. Yeah. And those are all consequences that, that go into this game, where it's just like, dude, the consequences yes. from the first game. And, like, you know what makes me, like, what pisses me off is, like, people that say that, you know, that, that supposedly say they played the first game and they're mad at this game because of what happens, like, you, know, you guys know what I'm talking about, like, kind of in the beginning of the game, how, how you lose somebody. Yes, I think you can get that. I think you can say it. Can I? Is that is that too big of a spoiler? I mean, it's a pretty big uh, spoiler. I, I think we should we should wait because there, there might be some people that just haven't got a chance okay. to go out and buy yeah. yet, and then it's a huge plot thing. Yeah, it's a huge plot thing. <laughs> but I'll just say, listen, there's a part in the in the very beginning, like the first fucking 15, 30 minutes of The Last of Us, where a s- extremely tragic event happens, and you think that this person is going to be with you, and they're not, and it's just like, what the fuck. And people seem to forget about that with this game. It's like, they do the same thing, but they give you more time. But it's something else that, it's the same deal where, like, something extremely tragic happens to a character who you thought you're going to be with, like, for a while. It's just like in the, like, in Game of Thrones, where, you know, Ned Stark dies mm-hmm. in, the, in the end of the first yeah. season. Like, it's like it's like that, you know? And it's just like, damn, really? But I, I can understand it progresses the story, and it, and it makes sense. It's well-written. Like, it's not like uh, what happened to this person happened for no reason. What happened to this person was pretty much foreshadowed. So, and if people don't recognize that, they don't understand how to really pay attention to storylines. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you really have to think about all the characters involved in the story. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, too, is... We've, we've mentioned we've mentioned this has really good grounded uh, violence and realism in a lot of ways, um, and you certainly feel for it. But the first game was not a uh, like some type of kitty game or you know no. a rated D for everyone. That that was a mature game too. It does feel like they have ratcheted up the violence, and uh, and I appreciate that because it's, this is a post-apocalyptic you know zombie-infested world with. With a whole bunch of uh, governors and uh, what was the other guy from The Walking Dead? Uh, the one that hit the bat with the bat. There was a guy. He was Negan. Uh, Negan, but yeah. 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 Ne- you got a whole bunch of Negans running in this world too. Yeah. And their acolytes are fucking assholes, man. Oh Jesus Christ! I it, it's it's crazy. Like the way they. I know there's another faction too because I've only come across two human factions, the not infected mm-hmm. factions. But I know there's a, there's a third. That I haven't come across yet. Oh. Um, that's okay. From what I think, I, I think there's a third. I'm pretty sure there is. But it's like it, it's so crazy, like the way that their tactics are like totally different. 
Well, you do have that scene in the first one where you were playing as Ellie, and it was almost like a kind of like a borderline rapey scene. I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about with the. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. that was pretty uh, pushing the edge for like dark. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to yeah. be like they. I don't want people to think like it was completely just kitty gloves on. I mean, there was some some stuff that they pushed the envelope on, and. Um, I, I, you have to give him credit because obviously Ellie's younger then than yeah. she is now, which I, I think is part of the reason why maybe the, the well no you played as Joel when you needed the shivs right I think yeah, right yeah. okay because I was I was thinking well I was like well maybe I can understand the shivs if if you're Ellie and you're you're whatever twelve or thirteen or old she might be back well no I, I don't even know how old she was back then maybe like she was fourteen twelve eleven fourteen oh she was four okay yeah fourteen. But yeah, man, I, I'm just appreciative that everybody seems to be playing it. The sales seems to be uh, seems to be going great. Oh, it's killing. Um, you know, okay. they were saying one of the fastest selling PS4 exclusives or whatever. Um, and we'll we'll see. You'll certainly see more accolades and and Game of the Year nominations, and we'll see what happens with a win. But holy shit, man! It also feels longer. And you know, oh, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm at the midpoint or not. But fuck. I mean, I'm on yeah. I'm on day three, and I'm like, this is probably gonna go way longer because I don't feel like I'm any closer to getting the person that I want to get, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and next week will be fun when we can go into some spoilers. It'll it'll be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil shit right now. It, 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 yeah, we're not gonna spoil, but I will say this. I, I've mentioned some of the things about the violence. It also tugs at your heartstrings throughout certain points in the game where you're just going to be like, God damn, let me hug my children. Let me hug my family yeah. because uh, we don't know how long any of us are going to be here and I appreciate life more. Yeah. So even, true. even when somebody makes a mistake, it's like if you still love them, if you still love them at some, on some level. Sorry. Oh. I was a real dog. The, the diary. <laughs> yeah. So I'm on that P- uh, PDF. Yeah. PFT. Like shit. Shit, I can't get the word. Post dramatic stress disorder. Yeah, from the dog barking from playing the game. Being a bunch of dogs happy. PTFD, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just like. damn. The game is like. The amount of detail and the, like the the funny shit they put in there is also really good as well. Like within like the first few minutes of the game, you can find a PS3. Oh well, yeah, and, mm-hmm. yeah, and then later on in the yeah. game, you find a PSP. Like literally, yeah. somebody played. And you had the PS3. Uncharted game on the ground next to the PS3. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Boop. it's Bob. really funny. Yeah. Yo, Ooh, Naughty Dog always has a way of going. Oh shit! Hey, old ninja. Oh. Uh, Sorry, I'm late. Uh, I'm out of town at the moment, so I just got back to my hotel room. Wanted to jump in on the cash really quick. Uh, I see you guys are talking What's about that the hooker doing. What's that dead uh, hooker doing in the background? Yeah, yeah. She's still, she's still dead. So what difference does it make? <laughs> Is she warm though? I mean, goddamn. Uh, Who said that? That's a fucked up joke. You see. He's trying to get his alibi down, right? He's like, yeah. I was on the cast. I ain't murdered nobody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll be the name of this episode. I was on a podcast. You don't have that many. 
Old Ninja, we were just wrapping up Last of Us 2, but you want to get some quick la uh, quick thoughts in before we switch it up? I think y'all covered most of this stuff because I was listening while I was coming up. Um, there's actually, I don't know if uh, Kronos talked about the the safes. I know he yeah. talked about yeah. how <laughs> the detail was, but like when you turn the safes, you can hear the tumblers and stuff like that. The dogs are obviously fucked up. Um, I think uh, what Kronos was talking about, there, um, there's probably a little weird kind of thing because one of the human factions goes by two different names and you'll find out why as you continue in the game so it may seem like a third one um i'm playing it on normals because I, I like having ammo i don't like having the fucking ground did y'all talk about the the haters and whatnot and like the crazy reviews or anything like wait, that wait, go, go, go ahead real quick, real quick. You, go ahead you say you said you're playing on normal though, but are you playing Xbox? Am I what? <laughs> are you... <laughs> Damn. Holy shit. Oh, this is, was that an Xbox though? <laughs> yes, it was. Hey, that was how's so that uh, sweaty bikini treating you? Where's You still got that or what? Uh, oh, that, that, that was like eight old. years ago. That's old. old, old. <laughs> you still got oh, it or nah? Oh, 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 nah. He was all that. That's fake news. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, terrible. But but, uh, yeah. I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the reviews well, from the game, and uh, Metacritic has it rated at six, 94 out of 100. Uh, game Informant has it at 10 out of 10. Yeah, but GameSpot's got it at 8 out of 10. No, no, that's and not the no, 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 no. That's, that's not, not those reviews. The user reviews, <laughs> like the ones where people are flaming it and calling it out, calling um, uh, what's his name, Neil Duckman? I think that's his last name, or Erkman. Um, they were like calling him out saying he doesn't know what he's doing. He, he ruined the franchise and just all kinds of hate. And like, look, the character is established. Uh, Ellie, we're going to talk about is an established LGBTQ plus character. And a lot of people, people. seem to be upset by this. And I'm like, well, either if you love this franchise that much, you should have spent the I think six to ten dollars to play the DLC to learn more about the character and, and be in that world a bit more instead of playing the second one and starting to flame stuff. I think it's ridiculous. Um, there's some some of the reviews seem like they're kind of bot generated. To some of them, do not make sense. And I'm like, well, why are people flaming this game? Because some some of them look like they haven't even either finished the game or even played it outright. Well, hold on. Can I can I explain uh, the can, reason? Can I can I say no. something real quickly? Sure, sure. You you know that this was bot generated and troll generated because literally on Friday morning, that some of that shit was dropping, and you most people were still downloading the game. There's no way humanly possible unless you were a reviewer, you were able to complete this 30, 40 hour game on the first, mm -hmm. within the first eight hours of it being released. Well, yeah. Let me or, yeah, we, yeah uh, people are bringing up that it's a 30 plus hour game, but in less than 24 hours, people are review bombing it. I'm like, that, that stuff is possible. Not even close. Yeah, well, let, let me give unless, you like- Unless you had an early copy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> let, let me give you guys like actual um, quantifiable reasons yep. why it's total bullshit. All right. So the it's, first- It's actually- God damn, really stop! Pathetic on this one, especially given the sales. Prodigy, let me talk. 
True. <laughs> so the first Last of Us, all right, which came out in 2013, it had 98 critic reviews. It was met a score of 95. The user reviews was 10,185 reviews. It was 9.1. The Last of Us uh, 2 had a Metacritic score of 94 with uh, 106 critic reviews. Uh, it has a 4.4 user score with over 79,000 users in a matter of days. All right. And The Last of Us you know, 2 came out a couple days ago. The original Last of Us came out Mm-hmm. You know, seven years ago, and it has ten thousand views or ten thousand ratings from users. So th- that's how you know it's bullshit. Yeah, th- there's like there's literally yeah. impossible that all of them are like legit reviews. And this is the unfortunate part about uh, places like Metacritic and like Rotten Tomatoes is that they aggregate this stuff. And I understand, like it's not their fault. You know what I mean? They're gonna have to write. You know, they had to change their code and like have verifications on these things. And I get that. It's just it's a shame because the Last of Us Part Two is an excellent excellent game, and, and if you play it, you'll understand that. But if you have some like ulterior motive just because a certain character is is gay or you're mad because there's not enough Caucasian white males in the game, because something I noticed in the game, and I'll be totally honest, is that it the cast is super diverse. Not in a bad way. I mean, it's it's good because they're all well-written characters. They're all they're all um, super complex. They have their own stories. It's not a bunch of bullshit, you know. And I would rather see well-written, diverse characters than shitty written any other kind of character, like from any ethnicity. But these are all well-fleshed out. And anybody that wants to say that they're not fleshed-out characters, I mean, you can comment back or email us or email me or whatever you know you can email us at you know be the bti at gmail.com and, and um i guess say what you got to say but i have not seen a convincing argument thus far as to why this game is anything other than a masterpiece and if, if your only issues is that diversity and gay people then you're a fucking bigot and you yeah. should realize that and correct yourself can I, yeah. Let me just say something too. Um, what one of the things that Naughty Naughty Dog did already uh, was not even with this franchise, not not with The Last of Us, but with the Uncharted franchise. They went completely uh, to the left or whatever. And on that Lost Legacy DLC, they had two female characters, two female uh, 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 people of color uh, characters. And the game fucking rocked. It felt just like Uncharted 4 or just like Uncharted 3 and 2. All of those really good Uncharted games. What? So, uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't get any of this. Well, you know what's crazy, man? I mean, what you just said. I mean, saying that they, they went to the left, it's like, to me, it's not even going to the left. That's just... To me, that seems like... I hate even saying this, but it's like, not everybody in the fucking world is white. You know what I mean? Yeah, and It's just like, listen, you got to have other... St- other character stories. We have plenty of, you know, European stories throughout the world. I don't complain about them at all mm-hmm. because they're interesting to me. And the fact that if somebody is, you know, of European descent gets mad because somebody doesn't look like them is in a game or a movie or whatever, 
that you can't give them the same deference that I give in a, in a comic book, game, movie, whatever the fuck. And be like, listen, as long as the story's good, I don't really care. Listen, there's a lot of shit I don't really, I don't really understand. I think I talked about it in the last podcast. But it's like the whole, like, 35 million genders. I don't really understand it. However, I'm not going to go against it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying don't exist. And if you wrote a good story about some person that is LGBTQ+, whatever the fuck you want to call it, the alphabet people, I don't give a shit. If it's well written, I don't really care. You know? I just want a good story. I want to be entertained. And I think people get caught up on the way that uh, a person looks or their sexual orientation or their gender or whatever and it's detrimental to our society and those people are going to get are they're going to get scapegoated um, more and more as time goes on and you're going to get relegated to like a second class society at a certain point in time you don't see it coming you're doing it to yourselves society's going in a certain direction like come with us and and, you, and you're going to miss out on good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> good like game. for real. Yeah. Um, let, let's do this. We got to get we got to get Blue in here. He obviously wasn't on last week. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to talk about your experience at all, Blue. I know I'm putting you on the spot. No, yeah, I definitely want to talk about it a little bit. So, if you Blue. didn't know, my, uh, my biological father passed away uh, back on uh, May 30th. And I've been going up and down from here, from the Bay Area to LA. And a lot of it's really interesting because, you know, we're, right now we're in a pandemic with the COVID-19 virus going around. And, and like, some sta- some cities and co- counties are opening up. So I got to experience some of this stuff down in LA. So LA is kind of a hotspot for the number of cases of coronavirus that they have, but they slowly have been opening up. So I actually went to a restaurant for dinner for the first time while I was down there and it was fucking eerie dude it was weird so um the the Swedes and I we went to Yard House down and it was down in LA I can't remember what county but like the way they have it set up is that only a only a certain amount of people can go in there um the waiter the waiters are wearing masks um they actually have a limited menu that they provide and that's everything printed out on paper. So like no more like the actual physical menu you can hold, like they do a piece of paper and when they take it, they, they actually throw it away. But um, while you're in there, you're required to wear a mask unless you're eating or drinking. And like everybody's like totally far away from each other, but it's still kind of iffy just because, you know, just because the waiter has like gloves or whatever on, or even if they even if they're washing their hands, you don't, can't even really tell if they are washing their hands. So it, the whole time I was there, I was like, shit, should we be here? Like, I, we should just got the food to go. Like, my, my whole mindset was worrying about that. But, um... Well, that's the... Hold on. Let me pause you real quick. Sure. <clears throat> that's the problem with gloves, is that when somebody wears gloves and they don't wash their gloves, like... They get to yeah, and that's... Cross-contamination. Yes, and, that, and that's why I don't like seeing gloves on, like, servers. Uh, I, I understand that if you're not thinking enough, it seems like counterintuitive, but like seriously, mm-hmm. most people wear gloves to protect their hands. It's not, it's not to protect like what they're picking up. So yeah. They, so like when they wear gloves, like you don't know if they're washing the gloves or not. Yeah. Like at, um, like a lot of fast food restaurants, the, the people like through the drive through they'll wear gloves and it's like, they'll take your credit card and stick it to the machine and they get it back to you. But like, 
they do that for everybody. So who knows, like, how many credit cards they've touched with these same fucking gloves. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking scary, man. It's still scary. But, um, so since my father passed away, um, right now they're still trying to determine if, if he might have passed away from the coronavirus. Um, they did an op- top, uh, autopsy, UCLA, um, uh, hospital did an autopsy and they said he was positive for the COVID virus. So the family couldn't, we didn't, we couldn't see him. So my father was cremated, but we couldn't see the body at all to kind of identify it or anything. So like, somebody could have my dad's body, he'd be somewhere else. We, I don't fucking know, I didn't, I didn't see the body, but uh, yeah, nobody could see the body. None of the staff members could go in there or anything, but um, because of the whole coronavirus, like the funeral home that he was, uh, we had a service at, at first, they only allowed 10 people. 10 people. Can you imagine that? Like a funeral for like a family member and only 10 fucking people can go to? That shit's insane. Like, we literally spent like half an hour trying to figure out who should go and who shouldn't go. And it was like, okay, so it's me, my wife, my sister, her husband, my brother, his wife. That's six fucking people already. And then we got my auntie, my two aunties, we have the Reverend, and we have my dad wanted uh, one guy to play like the music and stuff like that. And that's 10 people already. Wow. That's 10 fucking people. Kid mom couldn't go, like any any of the grandkids couldn't make it, like it was real shy, short. But eventually, like since the county opened up, they they actually allowed it, a little bit more people where they actually got the 23 people came out. But like the whole social distancing inside the the service was crazy because like only three people per pew, and then it was like every other pew that you can sit in. So like it was my auntie, my sister, brother, and her husband. Like it was it was really fucking weird. But like even when you stand out and like like when I stood up to like say my final words about my dad, looking up out in the audience, seeing that nobody was there was fucking depressing, dude. Like. My dad was, like, a really fun guy. He had, like, a lot of friends. And just the fact that, like, nobody else could come was just fucking, was, was tragic. Which, it, it really sucks because, like, there's people out there not taking this shit serious and aren't wearing masks. They're like, fuck it, you know, old people are dying, blah, blah, blah. But, like, even if the old people do die, like, your family can't really spend any fucking time to say, to say they're finally able to buy if they do die from the coronavirus. Which fucking sucks. So people need to wear their fucking masks, dude. Like, seriously. If, if the mask is uncomfortable, go on Amazon, look for a mask that fucking feels better. Like, there's better mask out there. Like, there's no reason why you shouldn't be wearing a fucking mask. And knowing the fact that my dad died from the coronavirus, it's fucking, it's insane, dude. It's, 2020 has been a bitch. Well, they're about to uh, lock everything up. Lock I'm everything up, back up again, yeah. Well, yeah, it's good. Going nuts. Hold on, Blue, I want you to end this. I mean, I know what you went through. Yeah. Um, I mean, not to that aspect, because, you know, my dad didn't die from the coronavirus, but, um, you know, my dad passed away as well at an early age. But I want you to end it on, like, a sort of positive note. What's in the back? What's right behind you? On your left, I think. On my left? Oh, you're right. Oh. <laughs> so... My dad actually played a bunch of instruments. You had it right, Chronos. Yeah. I was thinking it was reversed, because I'm looking at him, so I was like, I reversed yeah, I think the camera might well be reversed. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so this is uh, one of my dad's guitars. And it's not like a fancy, like, 
$300 or multi-dollar guitar, but it's actually just a classic guitar, basically. And I decided to start learning how to play the guitar with it. And I can play, I can play some songs so far, but not like anything like amazing. Like I can do, uh, let's see if I can do something real quick. Uh, I think I got you know back. you're turning into Ellie, right? <laughs> no, yeah. that's sad. I learned how yeah. to play the guitar on uh, Last of Us. Yeah, that's actually really <laughs> fun to play, too. Ah, I suck at it. Yeah. That shit is out of tune. Yeah, it is out yeah, of tune. I gotta retune it, man. I was playing around with it earlier. But um, I know how to play Wild Thing, the ABC song, um, Close My Eyes a little bit. And it's only been like, I don't know, like day five. So I've been really focused on playing that. So, Blue, I'm actually curious. So, I've been, obviously, you know I have a bass, but I don't know how to play it that well. Um, I was actually thinking about doing like Rocksmith, because I have a 60-day challenge that they can do. Like, I want to do a 60-day challenge with you and like see like if we can like play a song together, like after 60 days. Because I, I don't want to yeah. play the guitar, I want to play the bass, so yeah. Well, Rocksmith is it? That's, is it the game, right? It's a game, but you can use a real guitar. Okay, I didn't know that. And, and a real bass. Yeah, it actually teaches you how to play guitar and bass. It, it's um, the guarantee that you can play the guitar or bass in sixty days. So I've been curious about it. Out. Yeah. Damn. I'll give it a shot. Cool. Yeah. What's kind of cool? Like, I downloaded a, um, a couple of apps on my phone. Um, blue. What's up? Blue out. I, I, I was, first of all, again, my condolences. I'm so sorry for your loss. It, this is a super hard transition, but I was going to ask you what you thought about Michael Keaton playing Batman again. <laughs> um, I think it's, I think it's awesome. For him to play, like, so, um, I guess for the Flash movie that they're working on with the Five Point Paradox they're going to be working on, they're going to bring back Michael Keaton playing fucking Batman again, and I think it's fucking epic. But I wonder, I want him to play like, cause Ke Kevin Conroy played Batman in the 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 Infinite Crisis on um, on on the CW, but I can see uh, Michael Keaton play like the worn out Batman who doesn't give a fuck and like he's down to like kill people and shit. Like the what is it the. Thomas Wayne? Uh, Thomas the Dark Wayne? Knight 2 version of Batman. The one that's, um, where Bruce is a lot older. He has, like, the fucking the older and all that shit. Yeah. I want to see him play that version of Batman. Well, has, has anybody uh, played Thomas... Hold on. Has anybody played Thomas Wayne yet? I mean, he could probably play Tom, either Thomas Wayne or the old oh, Batman no, and so, Batman Beyond. No, no. So, um, the guy who played Negan is going to play, um, Flashpoint Batman. Is it Thomas oh, Wayne? Wow. Yeah, he's gonna play Thomas Wayne yeah. guy, man. So, and there's, I guess there are. He was Thomas Wayne now, in, in but I think that's gonna be epic because in, um, in Batman vs. Superman, we got to see him play as Thomas Wayne, where, you know, we get to see Bruce Wayne parents die again in the fucking alley for like the fifth hundred times. But, um, yeah, I'll, speaking <laughs> at fucking Thomas Wayne, Batman is fuck. I'm down for that shit. Well, then, then he should play Especially old. He's gonna be a Batman. Then he should play old Batman and like Batman Beyond. Like, probably like just before. He passes the mantle on to to Terry mm. McGinnis. That'd be perfect. Because yeah, it would be. Perfect. Like once he like starts developing his suit and he sees that he doesn't have it anymore, 
and he gets beat the fuck up and he's like and then Terry finds his suit you know that'd be a great transition that's what they should have did for uh, the dude that's playing Batman in the, the Batman movie the dude from Twilight they should have done Batman Beyond with him I think he would probably make a better, a better yeah, I think he would probably play a better Terry McGinnis than he would fucking Bruce Wayne. In my opinion. That's not a bad point. But I'm excited yeah, about Mike yeah, I could all, Go ahead. I could also see him as a, one of one of the, the Robins. I don't know, the Grayson, uh, Dick Grayson, but one of the Robins he, he probably would have worked with uh, as a decent role. But we'll see. We'll see what they do with him. Uh, I wanted to ask... Uh, what do you think about your uh, your K-pop stands uh, <laughs> going ham? Uh, <laughs> you're going ham and uh, taking over Tulsa's uh, arena and uh, punking the shit out of uh, Mr. Forty Five. <clears throat> to me, it's it's the greatest thing ever. It's one of the greatest things ever because <laughs> we all know because we used to do a lot of reaction videos that South Koreans yeah. go hard as fuck. For you know, black artists and black R and B, especially, especially in the '90s, there. If you listen to K-pop, they are still in the '90s right now. As far as like their yep. music goes, they're they're heavily drawing from the '90s. Outfits, everything. The the sound, the <laughs> outfits, everything. They, they ain't going blackface. Those jerseys. Yeah, thank God. Jackets. Yeah, they're doing blackface, <laughs> which is great. But um, they're doing it respectfully, and the fact that they took a stand on multiple occasions to help African Americans uh, fight here in America against oppression has been awesome. Like, I don't understand why other ethnic groups that that are even here in America can't do that. The fact that we have people that are still saying hashtag all lives matter when somebody in fucking Korea gets it and they don't yeah. here in America, it's like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, these people have literally nothing to gain from helping this movement. And they're doing it because they know that culturally, we have we have improved their lives. But meanwhile, you have people here in America with the hashtag, hashtag All Lives Matter that will bump some gangster rap and then get mad about the, a potential uprising here in America fighting for rights. Did you guys talk about what the, the K-pop group did on Twitter for hashtag All Lives Matter? Well, no, it was the hashtag. Um, it was a different hashtag. It wasn't All Lives Matter. It was... Um, I think it was white. Hold on. Somebody else talked. I'll bring it up. They, they, they've done, done it a bunch of times. Over the last three weeks, K-pop has been... Anytime something pro-Trump has been trending, they've usually taken over the hashtag. So I've seen it multiple times. But I just want to say this, though. The aspect of being able... I think it was both K-pop and a little bit of the TikTok teens as well. So these, these some youngsters all over the world doing this. Uh, they ruined the Trump rally by yeah. buying up tickets. Yeah, no, yes, they saved lives. They and, saved people's lives. And, and before hey, that, hey. sorry, this is what it was. It was the because uh, remember how they did like the uh, the Blackout Tuesday thing? Yeah, yeah. So I guess the racists in America want to do the Whiteout Wednesday, and so oh, uh, yeah, so K-pop fans they they washed it out. They, they stole the hashtag <laughs> Whiteout Wednesday and they put in like these K-pop videos with the hashtag, you know, Whiteout Wednesday. And they just, they killed, they killed an entire hashtag with a very small population. Dude, like, if, if you look at yeah. the hashtag, like, it was 
all you saw was K-pop. That's all you, you couldn't see anything that was white Wednesday related at all. It was just all K-pop, like endless videos, ass shaking, this and that. It was fucking amazing. What What's so cool about this is it's a tsunami of them at fucking sleep. Like it, it could be one in the morning, it could be ten in the afternoon, or ten in the morning, ten in, at night, whatever. All night long, mo- thousands of them are on there fucking tweeting and stealing that hashtag, and then that's all you see when you search for that hashtag. So th- it's a tsunami of fucking tweets that basically silences their, their fucking voices uh, of the folks with their original intentions for that hashtag. I love it. It's great. What's kind of great with the whole Trump rally thing is that, like, like he kept bragging about how there was going to be millions of people who were going to come to his, his thing, and they had, like, different venues booked so, like, people with the, the spillover could, like, handle it and all, but the head count only came to 2,200 people, so no, 6,200 people <laughs> actually yeah. went to the event. <laughs> yeah, it was over 6,000, but yeah, it, it didn't even fill the arena. There were empty seats, no. the, the ground floor was empty. They had to shut down the outside thing. Um, thank you, everybody, for coming together for to shut that shit down. Because and and also like his racist ass agenda, you know, talking about the kung flu again. He called it the kung yeah. flu, and then like his. And then he also tried to say that he tried to slow down the the testing here in America. It's like, when when are we gonna say that it's enough? Like listening to his press secretary with their fucking bullshit. This, you know what's to say to me? This is the only time I can think of. In America, where the presidential press secretary has to have a binder full of notes to read from to, like, keep their lies straight. Like, seriously. Like, that's what she's doing. She has to read from a fucking book to keep her lies straight. And She got replaced. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and and she's still contradicted by the president because he doesn't give up this because he doubles down on his racism. He doubles down on the kung flu. He doubles down on the shit that he said about, oh well, I wasn't joking when I said that we need to slow it down. We need to slow it, slow down the testing. Meanwhile, Americans are dying. Over 120,000 Americans have died from the coronavirus. But you want to joke about it, calling it the kung flu? Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Good job. You have over 100,000, 120,000 Americans dead because of this virus because you decided that it was a joke from the get go. And you didn't react to it when you had time. And you're still joking about it. And people are still fucking dead. And the other people are fucking eating that shit up and believing them. Because they're fucking morons. They're uneducated morons. Yeah, yeah and the, the other thing is... He's... <laughs> he's pretty even-handed with his racist bullshit. I mean, he's... Come out very vocal about supporting all types of... Uh, uh, Confederate statues uh, and Confederate monuments still remaining. Uh, we do see a tribute to uh, Blue's father on the cast. That is awesome. Um, but yeah, he, he's, he's doubled down. You know, um, all these corporate uh, entities are, are disavowing, especially like with NASCAR and everything, but disavowing the Confederate flag uh, and, and monuments are going down. And he's like, nah, it's important that they stay up. Like, it, it couldn't be more obvious. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, like, listen, when he first got elected, y'all heard him on the podcast. I was like, I hope he does good. You know, I don't think he's a racist. But now, like, I have to do a whole t- total 180. 
he is a racist, and he's doing terrible things for America. And I, I have no problem Ooh. saying that I'm wrong, and I think a lot of people out there, they have a problem with saying that they're wrong. I don't. I've been wrong a shitload of times in my life. And I think it's more important right now to say that you're wrong to stand up for tyranny than to stay silent and let it fucking just keep continuing. Seriously. Well, even like the shitty thing about like, like Black Lives Matter stuff, calling them like, he didn't say terrorists, but he basically said that like there were thugs, thugs and criminals and this and that. And it's like, dude, you're not even listening to the, like, yeah, there's a couple of bad people that are part of the protest, but like, you know, you're not listening to the fucking message that's going around. Like, you're just like everybody else thinking like, why don't you guys just pay attention to the role, to the laws and this and that? Like, shit, that shit won't happen to you. Oh, Jesus Christ. His, his entire rhetoric is just to spit here and to make people scared. Like, I, I listened to, like, what he was, like, actually, like, saying during, like, his speech and stuff. And all he does is try to strike fear in people's hearts that they're up. losing the country. Well, it started back elected that they're losing the country and he's going to make it, make it great again, blah, blah, blah. And essentially now, during this this whole re-election campaign, he's saying how, oh, you're under attack. It's just all lawlessness and just craziness going around, and the the far left extremists are out here doing all this wild, crazy shit. And I need to fix it. I can fix it. I will keep you safe. It's it's just some just some idiot bullshit, and it's just Twilight Zone-ish that people are actually believing this or bind, biting into it is just like blows my mind and Biden is, is whatever. Biden has his own issues and nobody's, I mean, I'm sure as hell not saying Biden is, is perfect or or even the best option that we have, but I'll be damn sure if we're, I'm not going to let just a overt, a damn near obvious racist get back in charge again and just lead his fucking rhetoric well, for another four years. So That's just ridiculous. Let me just... God damn it. This is the problem that I have, alright? Obviously, to me, you know, President Trump is a racist on some level. What degree you want to call it is up to you. If you don't think he is, you can... You need to do some history lessons. The problem is, for me, is that with Joe Biden, he has a history of racism as well. And it has to do with the crime bill that he authored. All right, so the crime bill had the crime bill back in like the 1990s. It put a, it was directly responsible for putting more people of color in jail than I think any other bill likely ever. Like after that bill was signed, um, at least a million more people end up going to jail for like very minor crimes. And I don't see him out there making apologies for that. I don't see him out there even talking about it. So for me, uh, he's not my dude. But I understand in this day and age, people are just like, you know, fuck Trump. And I'm totally with you. Yeah, fuck Trump. And somebody's looking it up. It's, I think it's, I think it's a prodigy. He's, uh, he's Googling. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't like, you know, Biden either. As far as like representing people that look like me in office. You know, I, I just don't. I think that it'll it'll it will be a secret way to to purvey racism in America still because I don't think I don't see him out there champion, championing uh, prison reform. I don't see him out there championing, you know, changing the way that the laws are skewed towards certain ethnicities. I don't see him doing any of that shit, and I think that it shows how desperate America is 
right now to get Trump out of office that we're willing to take somebody who's a known pervert. <laughs> yeah, he's a pervert, likely as well, but somebody that has been detrimental to people of color for the you know the past at least 20 years and just ignore that i think we need a better option and people are just not willing to even look at a, a, a third option because first of all one doesn't exist but one needs to exist yeah. it, it needs to, we're giving they're giving us two shitty options it's even worse than when it was trump and uh clinton hillary clinton you know these are even worse options like we're asking, you're asking us for about Trump and Biden, and they, they don't have good records either. And the thing about Biden, his, his cognitive decline is a huge issue for me. He can, there are times where the guy cannot speak correctly. And I'm just like, I can be drunk as fuck and still speak better than he can <laughs> during a fucking debate. Like seriously, during most of these podcasts, I'm heavily drinking and I'm still doing okay. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like the, we, the... Go ahead. We we have we have been there, though, with uh, Bush Jr., though. Bush Jr. wasn't the most... Arti- well, I'm not Bush Jr., but uh, George... W. W? W, yeah. Yeah. He obviously wasn't the most articulate no. person and used to sort of make up his own vocabulary as he as he went along. Yeah, but, but George W. Bush didn't, didn't, make, didn't make a bill that put brown people in fucking jail. Uh, well, George W. Well, I, I don't want to get all down the political hole, but George W. Bush did sort of ignore a major city of New Orleans under one of the most tragic situations ever in our history. Just fly over, just be like, oh, shit, people are dying down there. Okay, whatever. That oh, sucks. Yeah, and, what you said is, yeah, that's totally valid. But he did not write a bill that disproportionately put people of color in prison. He didn't. I, yeah, let, I, let, I, he's, let me, he's not perfect. I'm not champion for him at all, and I'm not going to make excuses for that. I, I mean, it seems like we're picking poisons, and I yeah, will slightly lean towards. I'll, I'll slightly lean towards the guy that actually believes in science being kind of a, a real thing, than mm. the guy who just <laughs> does, just kind of. Just goes by the, the seat of his pants and just like, ah, climate change. Nah, I don't, I don't buy it. Okay, so uh, science, but this oh. Dr. Fauci guy, nah, I don't listen to him. Fuck him. So, Stitch, hold on. I, I, Prodigy, I know you're in the... I'm going to give you a second. Just give me a second. <laughs> All right. I know you have something to say. But what I don't see right now with, with Biden is that we need a leader. All right. He has not... During this whole time, during this pandemic, all this fucking shit that's happening, where the fuck has Joe Biden been? You want me? You want me to accept him as president when he's fucking MIA during a time when we need a fucking leader? He's, well, been, he's been fucking nowhere. I, I don't know what. Bang, man. Say again. I don't know what he can do. I, I fucking sit down with people, show that he's a goddamn leader. You know, do some more videos, except for, you know, do additional videos. I guess from his fucking basement. That's where he's been this whole time. He's gone out a couple times, but he has not. He has not showing a leadership role at all in these things like at all to me and that's that's the problem that i have when people talk about joe biden we're having a crisis and he is not stepping up to show that he's being a leader that is better than president trump and that is my totally you know fair opinion 
of this matter is that so it, with President Trump, with most of America, that are a lot of a lot of Americans are not thinking about these issues. But when you see Trump out there, at least he's out there on the screen. You can see him. He's doing press conferences. He's doing all this fucking other bullshit. He's got no choice. Yeah. <laughs> but where the fuck is Joe Biden? What is he doing? Yo, I, can I'm you gonna answer that? Get it, but it's like <laughs> I don't. I don't want to take from one is it's his job to actually lead and do some shit, and Trump has literally done nothing. No. It's, he's mm. hidden in the, he's he's been hiding in a bunker when protests are going right on his front yard and shit like that. We are in a pandemic where you literally can't have rallies, you can't do this, can't do etc. And I I don't want to be painted in the corner where where I'm I'm a I'm, I'm a fighting guy. Yeah. But it is I would it. It's a, it, to me, it's a clear option that we cannot have this clown in office for another four years. We are literally, our economy is dog shit. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's not his fault that the virus became existing and shit like that. But it is his fault, in my opinion, that we did not take this entire thing fucking seriously because Trump is a narcissist. Yeah, I get just that. just will not listen to anybody. I get that. And I, I think that anybody with a half of a brain would at least have the ability to listen to other people. And I remember when, when Trump got elected, you said, I trust that Trump will have the intelligence to listen to his advisors, put good people in oh, charge, etc." I was wrong. And, and, and he has done the exact opposite of that. And it's like, when people try to correct him or try to give him advice, he's just like, you're gone, you're fired, you're out of yeah, here. Or okay, whatever, he puts okay, on a okay. new puppet. So hold on, I, 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 I totally get that. But the, the problem is, is that, what is Joe Biden's number one job right now? He's supposed to be campaigning. Right? He's no, to he's a senator for the state of Delaware. That's his job. No, so, no, no. When you, when Joe you, Biden when you, is not a senator. Dude, when I'm you, sorry, you, uh, you, you were campaigning to become president. Yes. Like Obama did it. Fucking Trump stopped doing his job. Yeah. They, like when you become a when you become a candidate for presidency, you're mainly campaigning. Like you're basically saying fuck your country or your your state. And you're just basically campaigning. Yeah. Joe, Joe Biden is not. I'm sorry, I was, th- I was thinking of his old, his his old, old role. Yeah. Yeah. He's been a center for years. Anyway, sorry. Prodigy, I know, I know. I'm fucking sorry, man. But listen, <laughs> if, if your sole job. I'm, if you're I'm, so- fine. I'm fine. Okay. I, I'm feeling bad because I keep cutting you off. But I'm going to let you get in here. But his sole job is to show that he is a better candidate than the current president. That is what he's doing. That's He's, he's campaigning to be president. That's his only job. He ain't doing shit else. He's fucking retired. Nothing else. He's already doing a good job for me because he's wearing a mask in public and not refusing to die signs. But he is so not... he's already got two points up on... <laughs> but he is not showing the rest of America how he's a better leader than Trump. He's not because he's not out there. So when... It... Go ahead. Whenever there's an incumbent... Yeah, whenever, the... whenever there's an incumbent president and they're going for a second term... The vote, by default, is going to be whether you think that you'll be better off the next four years uh, with the same administration or not. I understand, on one hand, uh, the more the more vote, huh? Sorry, blues. I understand. Yeah, (laughs) there we go. Oh, I, I was just saying, every four years, whenever there's an incumbent going for a second term. Um, it, it's it, it's either a rebuke of the uh, current administration 
or it's an endorsement of you wanting them to have four more years. I mean, that, that's essentially what it boils what it boils down to. Uh, certainly, these are not the same types of uh, circumstances in terms of campaigning like you normally would back in uh, the early 2000s or literally even four years ago. But could he be more outspoken? Sure. I think his stra the strategy is let Trump, Trump sink himself uh, with the economy, with his own words, uh, with so many things that he's doing poorly. Biden almost doesn't have to say anything to be seen as more presidential. Yeah, that, that that's part of probably the strategy. But I think if not for COVID, you would be seeing him more. It would be nice to see him more. But we also have several months until November. Anything can happen. I don't know. I, I mean, I would like to see him more coherent and talking about how he can solve solve problems here currently in America than doing basically the minimal amount because he's just. I understand, like, what you just said, Prodigy, I agree with. Because, obviously, Trump is sticking his foot in his mouth. But we all know, from people that we all are friends with, that people are going to still vote for him. No matter what yeah. he does. Sure. Because you're not getting a convincing argument from the other side. And I think that's a huge problem. I think it, it's a detriment to America right now that we have one president that is... Uh totally unqualified to be president and then we have somebody that's campaigning to be president that has not given me a compelling argument on why he should be president sure. you know Joe Biden we'll, right now we'll see what happens what he should be doing right now is is to is to hammer home to every single American on on his plan to fix America and how to solve the problems that you know that have existed for years and that also that uh, President Trump has created. If you can't explain sure. that I think to, to the vast majority of, Amer of Americans, we're going to have Trump 2020. Yeah. And I don't believe any of these fucking uh, polls out there where they're saying that Biden's winning. I'm like, no, he's not. To me, he's, he's not winning. And that's me. It's coming from a guy that, does, that is, not, is never going to vote for Trump. But I'm also never going to fucking vote for Joe Biden. And totally fine. You got every right to every right to do that. I think we'll see we'll see more as they actually have uh, some augmented version of debates uh, coming up later towards the end of this summer, early fall. Um, I don't know. I don't know the format. I don't know how that's really going to go down. He hasn't even picked a VP yet. So supposedly um, he so declined three debates. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. It's going to come down. It's going to come down to people that live in Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, uh, essentially those swing states. That's that's what it's going to come down to, and everything. If if those people end up changing their mind, um, if we're just talking about like the, the vast majority of people, I mean, it, that doesn't really factor into it because essentially he lost the popular vote by like three million people. It was just that in these certain aspects, in these certain specific areas because they switched over the electoral colleges in these third states, that's where it was won or lost. So, I mean, if you're uh, in Western Pennsylvania and you realize that, oh shit, I'm a coal miner and my shit ain't got better like Trump promised or whatever, and you decide that, you know what, I need to switch up my vote, then you can essentially make a change. But for us, us that live here in California, it, 
where it still doesn't really factor in what we kind of vote. Yeah, but we we, we also have like literally five, four or five months before before the election. This is going to start becoming the, the, the topic du jour as this year goes on, all the way up until. It, it is, however, I mean, listen, there, there's voter, suppress, voter suppression that's going on right now. Like in Kentucky, they, they shut down 95% of their polling stations. And this is going to disproportionately affect people of color, you know, in that, in that state. And it's like we're, we're literally watching things play out like they did in, like, you know, the 1940s, 50s, 60s. You know, it's just, it's playing out again, and people are just like, oh, okay. Well, I guess you can't Maryland vote. Go ahead. It's, it's playing out like it did earlier this year, like in Georgia and plenty of other places. Yeah. Voter, voter suppression is something that has a extremely long history, going back to poll taxes and, yep. and literacy tests and all this other stuff. Um, but at, at the same, and I think it's extremely important. It, it certainly is. But, um, it, it's a larger issue. I mean, you if, if you really want to get people to vote, you need to make it a national holiday. You really want to get people to vote, you need to uh, have electronic versions of it. You really want to get people to vote, you need to support, not suppress, uh, the ability to uh, vote by mail, especially during Rona. But, you know, I, I don't think any of that's going to happen. I think you're going to see a lot more voter suppression. And this is, like Stitch said, this is going to come down to eight states. I'm not telling anybody how to vote. You, you, you know, everybody's going to decide for themselves, but, you know, it, it, ultimately it's going to come down to how you feel about Trump more than anything else for the majority of these voters. I think right now the, 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 your, your options is doo-doo or diarrhea for our candidate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's I the think... Same, it's two different people. Well, I think the main thing is, for, I mean, for me is, you know, has, you know, this president made your, made your life better during the presidency? And... Uh, yep. You know, during the you know President Obama years, like it, my life was unaffected by what he did, and I think for a lot of people, it, it didn't affect them at all either. Like things didn't really change the way we wanted them to. But I think during the Trump administration, things have gotten worse for a lot of Americans, and they are just ignoring it because of a cult of personality. To be honest with you. Because they, he's up there screaming well, things that sound right, but he's not helping out the way that you live your day to day life, and I think people need to understand that. No. Yeah, I mean, the the only pushback I would say is, you know, the the o eight o nine twenty ten period was the the heart of that great recession period, and so a lot of people were out of work, the economy was tanking, the financial system was tanking in a, in a major way. There were people truly hurting. And then towards the uh, the late first term and then into the second term, uh, certainly things did get better in terms of economic output, GDP, unemployment, all of those other things did improve. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to have to push especially back. Especially given where, where it started. I got to push back on that because the prison industrial industrial complex got expanded during his during his era. We still had brown and black, we still had brown people thrown in jail in droves during his presidency. And we still had uh, poverty being expanded during his presidency. I don't. To me, that's unacceptable. And the fact that he didn't—that wasn't top. One of his top priorities was to have some sort of prison reform and social socioeconomic reform was uh, a detriment to his presidency. And that's something I will never forget. 
um, that I, I hope they would have went in there and actually like look at those things and, and understand that being a president is hard. But, you know, we still, the, the drug war went on. People got thrown in jail for minor offenses. That went on. We still bombed people in other countries. That got expanded during his presidency. And I will never give him an excuse for that. Wait, are you talking about Obama? Or Obama. President Obama. He's talking about Obama. And, yeah, and nothing out of my mouth that gave any, any indication of any excuse either. What I did indicate, though, uh, was when you say, you know, people's lives weren't impacted positively, I... You, you you can't discredit like the actual facts of unemployment and uh, the economy being where it was in 08, 2009, 2010, and then where it was in 2016. That was a night and day difference for everybody economically. All those things, you know, we were really going down this rabbit hole. Um, no, I mean, well, it's, 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 no, I, honestly, it's, it's something that needs to be said because I think that people need to understand like both sides of that of that story even with like president trump we listen we went we literally just went on both sides of both presidents and i think that that's important for people to hear on any sort of you know um discussion because we're being civil about it and so i think it's like one of the one of the few places where i'm not going to get mad at prodigy for his point of view and you're not getting mad at me i hope from my point of view so um, Cause I didn't. Fuck I didn't your point of view, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Fuck both of them." Fuck you know, yeah. it's, it's only if we're talking about uh, tutorial bosses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, did did y'all did y'all actually uh, get it? I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. Did y'all get a chance to, to see uh, the Five Bloods? I know we mentioned it last week. I started watching yeah. the beginning. Yes. And I, I watched it. I liked it. I need to. I need to finish the movie. I, I got a. Uh, I got tied up in watching a, a documentary on the Black Panthers on PBS, which is fucking excellent. And then I'm listening to... That's so awesome. That's so good. Disney I just saw that. Oh, you just saw it too? Okay, cool. I'm like, I'm yeah, in yeah. the beginning of it, but I'm also listening to the, to the new... Is it by PBS or is it only on PBS? It's, well, it's free. It's I mean, Independent Lens. Yeah, but... It, independent Lens PBS. Can you watch it on Netflix? You can watch it on PBS.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> so PBS is public access, so you can watch it for free. Um, but and I'm also listening to uh, the new Jim Crow, which um, oh nice. Yeah, God, have you listened to it yet? Or read it? I mean, you probably read it. Michelle Alexander. Yeah, did you read it? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I loved it. Yeah, I mentioned it on the cast a couple a year ago or something. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll be yeah. I think you did. I'll be totally honest. Um, I've realized within like the past, I guess like three months, that I was part of the problem, and it's not going to be anymore. So, and the reasons why I can say that I was part of the problem is because it was it was broken down, in like the. Cause I, I, have you, when you read the book Prodigy, did you read the, the tenth anniversary mm -hmm. version of the book or like just like the original version of the book? No, uh, yeah, with the forward, I think, right? Yeah. I, I think I did read that version. Okay, yeah. The, yeah. The forward yeah, very impressive. What book are you talking about? Uh, the New Jim Crow. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it basically broke down to, like, how somebody like me, actually me, was part of the problem because um, even though I, I grew up, part of my life was in poverty, but then I became affluent later on in life. And I ignored 
these problems and just like put them aside and that became part of the same system of oppression that put you know people that look like me or marginalized people in jeopardy and and it broke it down in a way where it can't really be denied if you want to deny it you're still in cognitive dissonance and you're not ready for the conversation but i was ready to hear it um i wasn't offended by it at all and to recognize it and you only have two options you either ignore it and go on with your cognitive dissonance or you change yourself and try to uh put the message out there so that's why it's what i'm doing now before i even read the book i was just like listen minds are open let's change some shit and just to piggyback i reading that's what that's the beauty of reading reading opens your eyes and makes you more aware of of things that you're just not aware of. That's why I, I love nonfiction reading because I'm more aware of things and it gives me a different perspective. Um, I it wasn't like I've been reading all these things, you know, for years and years and years. It's it's been kind of a recent thing, you know. So and so recommended a book. Okay, let me follow up on that. But um, it it it's awesome. It's mature. It's some grown man shit, and I'm really really proud of you. Uh, and I'm, I'm proud of everybody. Shout out to Cake Man. Cake Man reached out to me and was just like, hey, I want to learn more and I want some book recommendations. And, you know, I probably gave him <laughs> 40 too many, but, you know, it, it's good. It's good for people. You know what I mean? And, and anytime you hear, I, I'm impressed by a documentary or a book, I'm always going to shout it out, including the author. Send me some document, some recommendations because, like, I've been trying to get more into it because, like, like, I, like I always heard of Juneteenth. But I never knew about it until this fucking podcast. Like well, seriously, like I think it was like last year when I learned what the fuck Juneteenth was. I well, just thought it was a fucking party. Well, this is what's crazy. Like Christmas, it was Christmas in July. That's what I thought Juneteenth was. Well, this is the crazy part. <laughs> if, if you go back through the history of the podcast, I, I thought about this deeply um, right before I went to bed one day. And I, I'm pretty sure if you went through the archives of this podcast, I made a statement something like that sounded like this. That African Americans had bullshit holidays. One of them was um, oh, Kwanzaa. 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 And the other one was Juneteenth. And what the crazy part is, after I, you know, I said that, and then recently I thought about it, and I was like, motherfucker, you used to go to Juneteenth festivals. Yep. At Stanford when you were a kid, but you fucking yep. forgot. I totally I fucking yeah. forgot. With my dad, I used to yep. go to Stanford on Juneteenth festivals, and I forgot what it was all about. And this is part of the cognitive dissonance that, um, and I'm, like I said before, I'm fine with saying that I was wrong, but it's something that I forgot about because my, my mind is full of like so much shit. I don't think most people understand. Like I went through the military, and then I went through like serious fucking nerd shit that just filled my head full of like all kinds <laughs> of crazy ass knowledge about computers and shit. To where I had to throw shit out. Like, literally, shit had to go. Like, my mind is is only so fucking vast, I guess. And there's some shit that I forgot about. One of the one of the major ones was, was Juneteenth. And I'm embarrassed that I said that. And if somebody finds that, you know, the podcast that I said, bullshit holidays about... I, I, I'll still say it about... Kwanzaa, because that's still kind of bullshit all day. But um, <laughs> as far as I know right now, maybe I'll revise it later in my series we'll now. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as uh, Juneteenth goes, that is not a bullshit holiday. 
It is a it is a very important holiday to uh, to me and my people. And it's something I used to celebrate. And I forgot about after I joined the military because that's how uh, indoctrination goes. This weekend tonight we watched uh, Malcolm X. So Netflix right now has a Black Lives Matter. And it's fucking awesome. It's fucking dope. It's fucking like my like the first time I turned it on. It's like oh hey we have this Black 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 Lives Matter category and we have like our regular shit. I was like oh let me check out Black Lives Matter. So the sweetness and I watched uh, Malcolm X. She never seen before. And if you don't know, it's, oh, wow. it's a watch tan. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, it doesn't really talk about, like, the impact that Malcolm X had on on black history. It just mainly talks about him and, like, his fucking beef with, like, the, the Muslim culture, basically. Well, like, it doesn't talk about how he changed shit and this and that. It just talks about his, his whole beef that he had with, like... Uh... With, hold you, on. Are you sure? You, you, know, gotta, you gotta watch it again. Go back and watch it I again. I literally well, just watched well, it recently. The, yeah, I, I I just rewatched it too. I I would say that it's more about. Did you ever read the Alex Haley autobiography of Malcolm X? Because it, it's partially based on, on that, because it's truly a story of his life more than anything else. And yeah, yeah. You, you notice you don't have things like uh, you don't have things like uh, his interactions with Muhammad Ali or anything like uh, like that on there. It's more about the people that influence his life, and you see this constant theme of him searching for father figures and then finding shitty father figures throughout the, the you know the gangster stuff and then uh, obviously elijah muhammad and his pedophile and ass and, mm. and, and all the other and the guy in prison all of that other stuff it's more about his life on, on an intimate level and his yeah, own yeah. spiritual and, and and intellectual journey than it is anything else yeah that's that, that's mainly what it was it was mainly him on his journey but they didn't talk about how 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 much of an impact he had on black life like he, there's little scenes where you know there's a guy who was in who was um beat up by the cops and this and that but like other than that like they don't really show him like you know talking like i remember one of his famous line is that like um the one about uh, the one about using force, I can't remember, I can't remember what it is. Um, uh, by any means necessary. Like, that's one of his famous lines. And he doesn't, <laughs> they don't do that in the entire fucking movie. Like, the whole time the Swedish and I were watching it, I'm like, okay, this is gonna be lying. This is what he's gonna say it. And, like, he never fucking said it. Unless maybe I was, maybe I just, I didn't, I was paying attention and missed well, it. But, like, I think they don't really talk about I think you zoned out and missed it. Yeah, I think, you, I'm pretty sure it did. I didn't even say it. Maybe I maybe I don't doubt. <laughs> Only thing I kept thinking about is get your hand out of my pocket. <laughs> yeah. Well, so watch it again and don't drink. Okay. <laughs> um, five bloods. Uh, let me. <laughs> oh, I'll be right back. I thought it was okay because we we just skated over that. I was waiting to jump in and since you asked my opinion on that, but we just kept moving or whatever. Five bloods. I I sorry. Enjoyed for two-thirds of the movie and then it kind of okay. got very sort of to me and everything like that i don't i don't i I'll, since okay. carlos hasn't finished it i won't I won't go into full detail about it but um i i thought it was very interesting and it does handle the uh the whole aspect of uh and i can't think of the actor's name but the whole pts um that he is going through it was really fascinating Yes, really, really fascinating to see. I was more interested in watching that character arc 
more so than the plot of the movie with with money and gold and everything. It, it reminded me of like Three Kings and then uh, Triple Frontier, the movie with uh, with Ben Affleck and everything. But watching his performance and especially the relationship with those friends and then his son was just absolutely mind blowing to me watching um, watching that play out on video. Um, Juneteenth. Uh, the question I was going to ask about that is, do you feel like we're being pandered to, like, this year? Like, do you think they're yeah. going to have the same amount of energy to you uh, in 2021 with everything going on about, oh, Juneteenth? I, I mean, I knew what Juneteenth was, but it has not gotten that amount of fanfare. It has not been sort of this universally celebrated thing where you have all these like, corporations out, you know, giving, like... Yeah, corporations talking about, oh, it's going to be a, a paid holiday, et cetera, et cetera. It, it, I, I understand the appreciation, but it seems like some of these people are doing a little bit too rah-rah, goody-goody, like, go-go, team-go. It's like, all right, and I saw one of my, my, one of my good friends from high school, uh, one of the, the other only black kids in the entire high school, put out this, this thing where it's like, all right, we talk talking about police brutality, and instead, you uh, got Andrew Mama removed and all these other things that we weren't even really talking about. Yeah, you did all these other like little side side quests. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did all these little side quests, but we're really talking about police brutality here. And you're showing us, oh yeah, well we got Miss Butterworth, Miss Butterworth changed for you guys, and we're doing this and that and this. I'm just like, yeah, it is kind of distractionary about the main message that was kind of being talked about. So, like, do you guys think that we are being pandered to? And do you think that Juneteenth 2020 is, like, do you think this is just a one-year kind of thing? Can I, I, can I just say, I think there is, I think there's some truth to what you're saying, Stitch, um, in terms of some of the pandering. You're, you're, you're absolutely right in terms of the corporate, corporate stuff. But um, I would also say that to be, quite on plenty of people who had never heard of it and if you hear about it on its surface where where someone is talking about the celebration of you know basically the emancipation proclamation or, or the freeing of the slaves even though the word took a long time to, to reach them um, it seems like it it has all the makings of what should have already been a federal day of celebration or a holiday on its surface. Yeah. Obviously, it has it has significance for African Americans. I get that. But it certainly should have been something for decades and decades, if not well over 100 years, that could have been and should have been well known and celebrated throughout the country. 2020 seems, because of all that's going on, the zeitgeist changing, uh, as the uh, uh, the appropriate time to kind of like gain awareness for it, but I, I, I don't agree. have a problem with people learning about it and then saying, right. "Oh, well, maybe we this does need to be a holiday." And oh, what do you do to celebrate this? Um, because it doesn't hurt anybody to celebrate it either. You know what I mean? Right. Or to learn more about that history because it is American history. I I agree with that, and I'm very glad. 
that that is now being educated to people. We we talked previous weeks about the lack of black history that all of us have uh, experienced throughout our, our education, and obviously the vast majority of people and society as as a general. My concern is looking down the road. Are they going to try to single demile this? Is that a, yeah, is that something that? You were going there. I knew you were going oh, there. Oh, is, is, that, is, is that a possibility? Everybody got to make a 40 ounce no. on um, a, <laughs> so instead of tequila. That's their Cinco de Mayo. They don't even celebrate Cinco de Mayo in Mexico. So. Yeah, Cinco de Mayo. Exactly. It, it's pretty rare, Blue. Because they only, they won yeah. for like a, a couple of weeks. And yeah. they got, then they got their asses kicked. So, yeah, it's not like Cinco de Mayo. Um, yeah, but I mean, listen. is, is like the majority going to try to single de Mayo where it's just like oh it's a celebration but we don't really know what we're celebrating so we, like, yeah. obviously we know yeah I, I think yeah. coming from Stitch okay so Stitch it's already a state holiday in 46 states you don't get the day off mm-hmm. but it's still a state holiday in 46 states and I think that people need to be educated on exactly what it is and exactly why we're doing it I, I don't think it shouldn't be that hard because I think that it can cleanse uh, America of a very dark period of time. That's an embarrassment. We, we, when you say by state holiday, what exactly quantifies it is like state holiday? It's basically like fucking pancake day for most most states. <laughs> oh, okay, because I was saying, I just, just put my calendar off the wall. Yeah, my calendar on the wall has some like random ass holidays, oh, yeah, yeah. like John John something whatever. And even got like Boxing Day on it. Yeah, well, that, that's it does Canada. not say Juneteenth on it. Boxing Day is Canada, but yeah, <laughs> we get, we get, well, I, but yeah, the, the, yeah. If I if I open uh, like a regular calendar, it doesn't say Juneteenth on my calendar. It yeah. doesn't say Boxing Day and regular right. shit. I, right, but and it just ignores Juneteenth. I yeah, I totally agree, um, but it still is state holiday in forty six states, and I think that it needs to take a cultural shift. What you think? America is getting ready for right now and I think it needs to change I think that people are when, when I say people it mainly means European Americans they're ready to hear about the plight of people of color especially African Americans that we've went through for you know hundreds of years here that we were treated as second class citizens and that we are continued to be looked at as second class citizens and I think that you know before when I, when I talked about you know uh, white privilege how I don't I didn't really believe in it before I was looking at it from a different perspective from probably most people where I don't believe yeah. at least in my life that white privilege existed because um, I am mildly successful in my life however what it does not address what I just said is the looks that I get on the streets from people when I go to certain places you know where people don't look at me like I'm welcome you know, and there's other things that that are you can't really ignore. You know, that are still signs of racism that I think people don't really associate with with white privilege. This is this is let me, I guess, break down in a different way. Any if if you are European American anywhere in America, you can go anywhere unless you unless you are dressed seriously incorrectly. You are looked at like you're supposed to be there. Yeah. But if you are brown, yeah. no matter, in some instances, no matter what you're dressed like or what you look like, you could be looked at as a second class citizen. Like you don't I'm belong there. Up, 
You know, like hearing you say that sort of down, like I actually was listening to uh, I was listening to a podcast where an African American man was on there, and he was talking about like what exactly is white privilege, and like knowing your stance on it, and then hearing his stance, I was like, wow, like Cronus like had it all wrong because mainly like when you think white privilege, everybody kept thinking about it money. If you have money, you have white privilege, but it's not that. It's, it's more still- of a I mean, yeah, it's, it's still, still money, thing, yeah. but it's more—it's more like you know, if you're poor and you white and you get pulled over by the police, you get a ticket. If you're black and you pull over by the police, you're gonna get questioned. You're gonna ask like, "Is this your car? Where's your registration?" Like, and even if you're a black man in that car, you literally have to like—you have to like tell the cop all your movements. Like, hey. I'm gonna go reach for my wallet. My wallet's in my right pocket, so the officer knows that like you're going yes. for your fucking wallet, and you're not going for a fucking gun. Or you know, my registration's in my glove box. I'm gonna reach to my glove box to grab my glove box. Like that right there is something that white people don't have to do because that's part of that white privilege part of their culture, basically. Yeah, th- thank you for saying that, Blue. It's, to agree. It's like with uh, with the Second Amendment. All right, this is a, this is the probably the greatest example I can give of all fucking time. With the Second Amendment, if uh, if you're anywhere in America and, and you're Caucasian or European American and you're open carrying AR-15, you're walking down the street. If a police officer shows up to you, first of all, it's very unlikely that somebody's going to call the cops on you. If it does happen, when the police roll up on you, they're not going to roll up in mass with weapons drawn on you. However, if you happen to be a minority. They're open carrying the same exact weapon. They're coming out with fuck in force on you, okay? And they're drawing weapons right away. And they're they're more more than likely going to shoot you than ask questions. And if they ask questions, it's gonna be put the weapon down, put your hands behind your back, even though you've committed no crimes yep. because the Second Amendment protects you from these are you these are your rights. And you can watch that all you can just Google it on YouTube. Look how many look up uh Second Amendment Look up open carrying, and then see how many people yeah. that are on there that are Caucasian, and see how many are on there that are people that are minorities, that are that are not that are, are or are not getting arrested. Go ahead. Oh shit, Prodigy, stop! Yeah. He was gonna talk. Yeah, yeah. I think we might have lost Prodigy. Yeah. Yeah, But you, yeah, you, you, you guys, oh, there we go. Prodigy, hold on, Prodigy, you there? Hey, back. You back? He's breaking it out. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say, it, it, go. to me, it all it all uh, goes down to the uh, benefit of the doubt in a lot. Oh shit! Am I? Am I still breaking up? Oh, yeah. Th- there you go. You're back now. You're back. Good. Yeah, you're good now. Yeah. Sorry. Right. It goes all back to to the benefit of the doubt. I still want to be treated like Martha Stewart, no matter what. For real. <laughs> okay. I still yeah. want to be treated like Martha Stewart. I want to be given the benefit of the doubt uh, much more often. I think everybody needs to be treated like Martha Stewart. Convicted felon, Martha Stewart. Well, the crazy thing is, like, like Martha Stewart's a perfect example because if you're a convicted felon and you're a person of color um, and you don't have money, I mean, you're you're fucked. Like you're you're okay. Permanent... Sorry, I'm I'm breaking up a lot. Are are you? I guess you are. Anyway, I can hear you typing though. <laughs> but I mean, if you're a person of color um, and you are convicted of a felony, your life is effectively over. Yeah. You, you're relegated to a second-class citizenship. You're relegated to a basically a slavery class. And that's literally what happens to you. 
because you no longer have the right to vote. If you have, if you try to find a job and you put, have you ever been convicted of a felony? You put yes, you're probably not going to get that job. I would say probably 95% of the time, probably higher than that, you are not going to get that job until you are now relegated to this whole second cast system where you're, you're fucked. And there's, there's not a lot that you can do because our prison system here in America, we're not about reform. Like, we're not about helping you out. We're only about punishment. And we'll punish you um, for the rest of your fucking life. And it doesn't even matter how severe your crime was. If you get convicted of a felony, if it's just for a drug crime, for the rest of your life, you're fucked. And that, to me, is not fair. Because to me, if you're, if you're doing drugs and you have, like, no um, violent tendencies or no violent arrests, I don't give a shit if you did drugs. If you did drugs, you're escaping reality. I, I play video games and escape reality. You know? I don't give a fuck what you want to do with your own personal life. But for some reason, um, we, we have accepted, society as a whole, we've accepted that these drug laws exist to protect us when they really don't. They, they don't protect us at all. Like, they just, they're just, you're putting people in cages for no reason. Blame it on Nancy Reagan? Was, it, was she the one that had the whole yeah. war on drugs? But yeah. if you haven't, there's another, there's another show on um, Netflix called The 13th, which is basically the 13th Amendment. And it's free right um, now on YouTube. Yeah, it's free on YouTube. That's probably one of the most informative, like, eye-opening, like, documentaries. Like, I watch a bunch, I've watched a lot of documentaries, and that one was like, like, the first five minutes I was fucking crying, dude. Like, there's a lot of shit I did not know that I should have known, and that that really opened your eyes to a lot. Like, one of the things, like, here in California, like, if you didn't know, the our podcast is based in California, and California used to be an open carry state, and the reason why it's no longer an open carry state is because the Black Panthers would literally, like, whenever they would, they would walk around with shotguns, and when they would see, like, the cops pull somebody over, they would stand there and, like, hold their guns up and make sure the cops didn't do anything, like, inappropriate to the person who they were arresting basically or they were pulling over and they would they went to like like city hall with the guns and like they walked inside of sacramento the, of san diego yeah they walked up in san diego sacramento and, uh, no, sacramento sacramento, yeah. Yeah, sacramento, sorry. sacramento. <laughs> yeah they walked inside <laughs> sacramento with guns and like it's probably the first time the nra got into something saying that like yeah like people shouldn't be having guns basically and that changed the whole California <laughs> law where, you know, we can't open carry here no more. And, and that's where the NRA got their uh, political roots from, was from literally that exact moment. Because they were like, oh my God, they're going to take guns away from people? They're like, well, we need to protect our, protect, protect our rights. And that's where the NRA um, decided to get political, was because of that exact event. But meanwhile, you, you, don't see, you don't see them standing up right now for uh, minority rights. Minority gun rights. You got people like Julian Noir who got let go from the NRA for being paid for like helping him out because of political reasons. And they're they're I mean, honestly, before he got let go, I was like I thought they were like on the side of like every American. But after they let him go, I was like, Oh, it's just like some political bullshit. You know? For me, the big, the biggest like like cut and dry example. We talked about it a few years ago. I think it was Philando Castillo, um, who oh, yeah. had his license to mm-hmm. to carry, 
literally had his his girlfriend or wife with uh, with 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 a with a little kid or pregnant pregnant wife in the back back seat told the officer i have a license to carry this in a lawfully and then got unloaded on and that was in minnesota you know, as the well. nra was uh predictably very silent is in uh, st paul i believe yeah i mean listen if you're yep. the nra i mean if yep. you're gonna fight for gun rights fight for all gun rights all of them yeah no shit. it shouldn't matter Cause, what because because you know because the thing about it is, uh, we we've all gone to shooting ranges and whatnot. I actually enjoy fire, firing firearms. I don't have any problem with people lawfully well, owning guns. Scary, I think it's man. cool. I've wanted, I've always, yeah, but I've, I've always joked joked kindly, kinda that I wanted uh, to get an AA-12. Obviously, I can't do it in California, but I have no problems with firearms. But if you're gonna play racial politics with not defending someone lawfully carrying a gun getting shot then I'm sorry you just got me with your bullshit no, man, it, the, it, shit that, go ahead. the shit that bugged me the most with, uh, with the guy who um, who was at the church the white guy who was at the church and like literally like sat there went to entire fucking service and then all of a sudden turned around and started killing people and then like when the police showed Dylan up Roof. like huh yeah, Dylan the Roof was his up, name they just arrested him they took him to get a fucking cheeseburger or some shit and took him to jail like any other black person they'd have been they would have shot they would have shot a hundred times and asked questions later yeah and that and that these um, these examples are exactly what um white privilege is like if you want it the definition is what we're talking about so before my, my definition of white privilege was too i guess narrow when it should have been more broad when it, you know where I am not safe in a place to where somebody that is European American or European in general would feel safe. You know what I mean? And I think that's a huge problem here in America and it's still ongoing in the fact that we're all covering up um, that it's not, that it is an issue um, is why we're in the state that we are today in America. You know, because people just like let it go like me. I was part of the problem, but I'm trying to fix it. Um, Dude, can you... Oh, sorry. No, no, I'm just, just saying that, you know, it's an issue that we all need to stand up for and really recognize because, I mean, it, it almost gets, and I, and I hate, you know, taking things down to, the, to extreme measures, but it gets down to almost like the whole, the, the Nazism thing, where it's like, when they start taking rights away from people, it's like, when does it get to you? You know, like, yep. I mean, seriously. I mean, so, r- right now, yeah, I mean, it's like, I guess it's brown and brown people, but they can they can do this. Th- those same laws can affect you if you're poor in America. If you're a poor yeah, exactly. Caucasian American, you have the exact same economic level as, you know, somebody poor that looks like me. And those same broad brush fucking laws will affect you. They, they will. Because they, 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 they legally can't say that, you know, if they look like they're brown, do this. But they can say, you know, if they can't afford a lawyer, let's just fucking keep doing it. Because if you put every black person in jail, or every brown person in jail, there's they still need to create revenue in the criminal justice system. Who the fuck yep. are they going to go after next? Who do, who do you think they're going to go after? on to next if you don't stop it now 
if you're poor, yeah. this should be a fucking wake-up call to you because it's the problem ha- that I have with, that I've realized with the police system in general, is that we're, we're in this insane system to where uh, the police, when they, and I want Stitch to weigh in on this because I could be very wrong, but I'm going to say this now, believing that I'm right. Mm-hmm. All right, so when a, when the police write you a ticket, where does the money go? Stitch, answer the question. It, <laughs> it gets divvied up between the... It depends on what the ticket is for, but it gets divvied up between the state government, local, and the local government. It doesn't go to the police department at all? Well, I mean, they're part of the, the local government. That's the problem. We get a, a percentage of it, but yeah. Yeah, no, there should be no... It's, it's no. not a... I'm sorry, I'll put I, you I, on the I, spot. I, I know. No, you it, can it's a much more want, complex... But... I, I almost think... I, I don't want to jump to what I think you're trying to say, yeah. but it's not a... Uh, it's not a capitalistic um, revenue service for police departments to write tickets. So, Stitch, if you want to plead the fifth on this, I don't give... You can just stay silent, it's fine. Because I I, I, really, I, I put you in a corner. I didn't really want to. I said it, and then I realized after I said it that I put you in a corner. So I'm sorry. That's fine. All right. But if if any police department or sheriff's department or any sort of fucking law enforcement agency gets any percentage of uh, any sort of fine or citation, yeah, that is a problem. Well, where? Okay. Oh, geez. Here we go. I, you know, I'll, I'll take the bait. Where, where should the money go? <laughs> Back to the community. How? Where? You should, you should, Specifically. You should invest it into um, multiple ways. Uh, education will be first. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Education, you know, uh, social fucking, um, what do you call it? Jesus services, social, social services. Yeah. Fixing the roads. Yeah. There's all kinds of shit that it can go. These can go to. And these should be the first things that it should go to. It should so, be. Go even, ahead. even like so, college, like they, college uh, tuition. They should. Okay. Well, so, I, I just want to make sure I understand the the full realm of everything. So sure. they shouldn't receive any percentage. I, I'm not obviously. I, if you if you write someone, I'll just keep the numbers even. Sure. Let's say it's a thousand dollar ticket. Yep. Or something. They, the police department should not get any percentage of that money at all. That should essentially go to however you want to divide it up, but nothing goes towards that police department. Correct. And the, my reason. How would you fund? Is how, the, what is, how would you then, then and fund, fund a police department? Tax dollars, which is how they should be funded the whole time. You say tax dollars, right? Tax dollars. Tax yeah. dollars. So the same way teachers are paid. Teachers are paid with tax dollars. Yeah. The uh, fire department is, is paid with tax dollars. So, 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 just in terms of like a budget, just in terms of yeah. a budget itself. Mm-hmm. So when you need like extra, uh, I can't hear what the echoing. Yeah, echoing. It's not me. Because I'm running this shit. <laughs> yeah, I can hear myself. So, just in terms of the budget itself. So when extra funds are needed for, let's say, the police department to run more DNA kits or to do overtime on a, on a case and, and stuff like that to help solve 
certain aspects of crime, uh, whether it be more detectives or whatever the hell it is. Where should that money then becomes? It doesn't just appear out of nowhere. Where where does it need to be? Pulled yeah, no, from? I, I can answer this easily. So this money should be talked about through city council and the mayor and voted on to expand the mil- to, to expand the police budget. But, no, it, it, but we want. Wait, if you if you think about it like a, with teachers, like teachers, they work fucking crazy at overtime. They yeah. do it on their own fucking dime. Like, well, and, and that's that's. I, so, so, I'm, I'm not fair, shit on that, teachers. That's wrong. That's that to blue. That, wrong, that's but, wrong. Like, teachers yeah. do that though. Yeah, but but it's wrong. So I'll I'll be on sister side on, on this one. But as far as like expanding police budgets, it should it should be voted on. And when you have, so let me just ask the. Uh, not even a hypothetical question. I'll just ask a question in general. In any place in America, when you have less crime, when you look at the best places where you have the least amount of crime, how much do you think... How big of a police force do you think they have? Like, if you look at, let's say, like, Aspen, Colorado, or uh, any other affluent fucking society here, like Blackhawk, here in, uh, in the Bay Area... Do you think that they're getting more police budget or less of a police budget? How much? How many tanks do you think they have? Well, you, I don't think that's a fair comparison because issues that are happening in Aspen, Colorado, are not happening in other cities like Chicago. And why do you, why do you, like that. So and why do you think that is? Why? Oh, geez, Christ. Because well, the, you have a, a completely different social economic society there yes and why can't we raise the floor of those socioeconomic societies to meet those same levels instead of investing in a police force well how, how okay let's let's get I'm, local I'm, for a second how much how much do you think the average citizen african pays for for taxes uh probably a lot okay but how much do you think, how many police for how many policemen do they have in atherton not as many. Yeah. As, you I see mean, the problem? <laughs> well, you don't... Okay, and then you, you factor in the crime rate, you, you factor in the size, you factor yeah. in... Factor all that. Population. Yep. Drug use, all, everything. Yeah. That factors into it. You all, can't... It's it's not all, a... All that A comes, plus... I know, but all that comes back to how affluent the society is. And when you look at the actual numbers... If you look at any affluent society here in America, any affluent neighborhood, affluent city, they have less police officers there because the affluent societies can take care of their own. And not only take care of their own, they understand that they have jobs, the opportunities that people that are poor don't have. And so they don't, have to, they don't have to turn to crime. So what if we live in a society to where we understood that, hey, if we invested more in the education in our own communities that we could have less police officers then why don't we go in that direction that's that's the conversation i'm willing to have well i mean it, it seems in theory that yeah that would be great but it seems it's not there's a, a lot of things that would have to well I, everyone every every city in, every, in america just having money out of the just endless amounts of money is is something that it's would not, be great it's not even endless man. stuff but it's not well, it's, I don't find it realistic. It, it is mean, realistic. It is. If we can do it in affluent cities in America, 
then why can't we take if why can't we learn from those same lessons from those cities on like how they're doing better and like apply them or at least try to apply those to other cities that are inner city that are Give, well, I not, need examples. Well we're not I need specific examples. Okay. So if just take Atherton for an example. Here in the Bay Area. Atherton their police force is likely very small. If you look at Oakland, their police force is very okay. large. And we look at like the crimes you would think that if we had a small police force, there would be more crime. That's what they're trying to tell us. That if you have a, a small police force, which is defunding, essentially you would have a small police force, that you would have more crime. But it's not the case. When you go to Oakland, we have a large police force, but we also have a large amount of crime. So why don't we invest more of our resources into the actual community instead of the police force? Well, you have, you have a larger city. You don't have the need for social programs that you would need in cities like Oakland. But like in terms of like health care, the reason why drug is because use. they're poor. It, well, most of your ma major metropolitan cities, which Atherton obviously is not, but any any major metropolitan city sort of has these same issues in general in terms of a, a large vast group of their population being underneath the poverty line. I don't think they, they all do. I mean, there's there's major metropolitan cities. I think in like Colorado, places in Texas where they're they're doing okay, where you can have a no, small police force. I was just so like I majored in child development, and like one of the things that we learned was that investing in like date not daycare but like preschool and like elementary school like cities that invested into those categories saw a drop in crime rate just because the kids had the opportunity to improve their life and by them improving their life there's no reason for like crime to happen there's no reason for like break-ins there's no reason for like um like robberies and people selling drugs because they had the opportunity to improve their life and by that happening, there's less reasons for there to be police officers. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're, we're going to always need police officers. There's going to be fucking criminals out there, people who are trying to come up and stuff like that. But, like, if you are if you have a better chance at life and the you know, government and, like, if the government took the money and invested in, like, say, college, if college was fucking, tuition was for free, more people would fucking go to college. And then more people would be more educated. I mean... Cronus probably will say, like, yeah, there's no reason for, for, for college. <laughs> yeah, but. you know me. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you have an opportunity, like, even, like, trade school. Like, say there was a trade school. Like, yeah. like right now, I'm trying to become, a, like, a network engineer. If I could do that for free and be able to, like, improve my life, like, a lot of people will follow that same fucking suit and things become better and it'd be less reason to pay, give more money into the, police office, the, into the police. But I'm saying we still need police, but, like, that money can be invested in, into the people, basically. Well... It for certain things, I don't want to get into the whole reform versus abolish versus defund I'm, I'm aspect not, because I'm, I think I'm all, all three of well, all three of those things have very valid points, and there's a little bit of each category that I do agree with when it comes to like abolishing certain things, uh, defunding certain maybe departments or doing reform and uh, redistribution of funds. Yeah, so Sticks, look, but I do think... Hold on, before you, before you complete your, your thought process, I want to be very clear. I do not want to abolish a police force. I want a redistribution of funds 
yes. from the police yeah, force yeah. to the community. Yes. That's that's what I want. We we all we we understand that. Okay, cool. Yes. I just want to say because it for like everybody of, else. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think I think we did clear that up on our on our previous podcast when there was that whole um term of defunding the police and abolishing it. We don't want at least the people on here don't want to completely get rid of police and no. just be like, "All right, there's no police that that reside here and everything." Uh, when I think of us saying abolish police departments in terms of like tearing it down and then maybe building it up, like how they did it in Camden when we when we talked about that that specific um, example. Yeah. Um, I just and I, I do want to make sure that don't forget. I think this whole thing where we're removing police departments from schools is just fucking ridiculous um, in itself. I mean, well, you, we we were we were literally like probably less than a year ago about giving guns to teachers in schools to help prevent against school shootings and stuff. And the other aspect of it is, all right, well, then if we can't have armed teachers and we need armed ex-service people, uh, ex-military in our schools, but now we don't, we don't want police officers that are actually training 40 hours a week doing it is with what is that they do and stuff that, yeah. that makes no sense to me no no so well, I, I i'm glad you said that and that that what you just said is very valid but what if we didn't need them what if we fixed the problem from the jump you mean people shooting people in schools that'd be great no i mean just like actually fixing the problem of why do you feel like you are so marginalized as a person to want to go and shoot up a school like, why do you feel like in society that you're so that you feel like you're so worthless that you need to go and show your dominance over people by going in and shooting up a school? And so that that's where I'm actually taking steps back, to like getting to the root of the problem because I think that if we just go along the same routes that we've talked about on the podcast before and that I've talked about before on the podcast, um, is that we may we may not be getting to the root of the problem, and I think that reinvesting in our communities may likely be may likely be a better solution to these problems here in America because we're not doing it right now because right now you know we're so focused on like getting the bad guy and putting people making more criminals and we're we have a record high of people in prison here in America meanwhile we're still seeing serious problems here in America so it's like is it really is our solution really to just keep making more criminals? And what's the end goal here? Like, well, to, I mean, are we going to end bullying in schools? I don't think that's a, a realistic. Uh, I honestly, thing. it might, it could be a solution. I mean, if we taught people in school, if we, if people that were, if kids that are going through school were on the same playing field as far as like economic grounds and parents were not beating the shit out of their kids anymore. Whether That's the key not, word. Yes. Whether or not parents. Yes. Whether or not it goes to their homes. <laughs> yes. But the problem is though is that we all we've all grown up in, in these I grew up in a violent home, okay? But my youngest daughter, I'm not showing her any violence. I'm showing her only compassion. You know, she has to go to timeout and you know she has to go to a room and we get I get angry at her. But I'm not showing her violence because I've been woken up to, you know, violence begets violence. And if we stop showing these young kids violence as their, you know, first and only solution to end uh, a conflict, that's a problem. 
And if we start investing in, sh you know, showing parents, hence their kids, that there are other ways to raise their children that are not based upon violence. And if we remove the violence aspect from um, police enforcement as, you know, the, the majority of the way that we um, interact with people of color, I think that they could have a positive aspect on society. I really do. Well, I to go to that point, I will say, I mean, you sort of touched on what I was trying to get at. It was like, these problems seem to be occurring at the home, and then they are brought to school. I don't think it's something that the, the teachers themselves can cure. I mean, the teachers are only with these kids for six, seven hours a day or, or whatever. It's when, it's whatever these kids are going home with and dealing at their homes. Now, if, if we are about trying to solve problems that are going on at home in terms of like getting counseling and, and mediation, I'm all for that. However, if you're still at home or being abused uh, mentally, physically, sexually, and just think that, okay, I'm being bullied at home and now I'm going to go and bully people at school, I don't see how the having an officer there to help stop a traumatic event from happening at the school uh, has to deal with, with people of color. I mean, I don't want to get all color-ish with this, but most of these school shootings aren't people of color doing yeah. it in terms of these mass shootings at school. It's, I mean, Columbine, Parkland, yeah, no. Examples so, go on and on gonna, and on. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you for a little bit here, man. Um, so yeah, you're right. The mass shootings, as far as like a certain person goes, that, that doesn't happen. I totally agree. But when you look at like inner cities in certain places, there's mass violence that goes on every day, and it gets totally ignored because they didn't they didn't kill enough people. You know, it in the like, schools, in schools or just in society in general. Like if you look at there's certain spots in America. Where we just accept that there is a higher amount of violence and we just ignore it, like like Chicago, you know what I mean? And it's a place but, where. What, they... Go ahead. Well, I'm saying we're, I, we're just. I thought we were just talking about cops in school. Okay, well even the, the cops in schools, just like that goes back to cops in general. Okay, so if you're talking about the like, violence at home, in those same. Uh, neighborhoods and communities where you talk about violence of cops of violence at home they're the same communities where people will have violence put upon them by cops in those same communities that are people of color and so that it perpetuates the authority thing of hey a person of authority uses the threat of violence to get their point across and to me that is a, a gigantic issue that perpetuates violence upon others here in America. Do I need... Uh, maybe I need to put that a better way? Like, do you need me to change that? I, I, I was just focusing on just having police officers in school. Okay, so... And, that, that's still... Yeah. That, that's still along my same lines. So when you go to school, all right? So imagine if you grew up in... Uh, City X. All right, you grew up there okay. all your life. And all your life, we are in City X, and it happens to be a poor community. And in City X that you live in, um, you've been harassed by the police officers for all of your life. You brought kids up in City X, all right? You've been harassed and also bullied by the police officers 
in CDX. You put your kids in that same in, in a school in CDX, and they are beholden to those same rules of oppression that you were in CDX, because what you saw was violence and oppression by that same police department in CDX. So what do you do? You do the same things that somebody in authority does. If you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to whip well, your ass. I, well, well, I mean, don't do what I tell you to do because I'm going to whip your ass. That, that goes back to kids as toddlers. I, I, don't, it, I don't think that's no, something that the police has, are perpetuating. It, no, it does perpetuate today. Like, if you ignore that, then I guess that's a whole different conversation. The, the org, I was saying the origin of it normally where it's like, you don't do what I'm saying, I'm going to whip your ass. That sort of goes back to... I mean, yeah, there are police officers that obviously do that. And I'm that's not trying problem. to deny that existence. Yeah. Yeah, that well, I, I I think that that originates sort of at home, but no, it doesn't originate. It, we, it originates. It, it, it's a societal thing. So, like, that's where who, we have your first, the, the, the first who's who are most people's first example of dis, of a disciplinarian? Is it the police or is it their parents? It's the parents, but you have to also understand that. It's a it's a perpetuation of authority, right? It's an authoritative thing that goes back okay, fucking so are generations. We, we can then assume that everyone is going to have to deal with the police in some aspect in their life. Just in maybe. Like yeah. I mean, is it is it is it is it fair to say that you will never have any sort of interactions, positive or negative, with the police ever in your life? Well, you will have. I think that's kind of rare. Okay, so if what you just said is valid. We have interaction with police. Yes, will it be positive or negative depends on where you live, and what social well, what social. That's where I was getting to. Okay, what socioeconomic standpoint you're from, and what color is your skin, and I think that those are two. That's where I was getting things. to. Yeah. Now, my first interaction with the police was the Dare program, and through fifth grade. That was the first time I'd ever dealt with a police officer or interacted with a police officer ever. I. You can call it lucky or, or privileged or whatever, where I, in the household that I grew up in, we didn't have to have the police come because our house didn't get broken into. Yep. Same deal here. To my wife, I mean, I'm sorry, my mom or dad being on each other. So, lucked out. I, obviously, I understand there are many people across America that do not share or have that experience. Yep. However, I think a good percentage of them don't have interaction with the police until the D.A.R.E. program. So, well, at least when we were growing up, the D.A.R.E. program, where essentially it's a neutral interaction with the police department, where it's not like the police are responding to some sort of traumatic event or an emergency or something. The D.A.R.E. program was created by uh, Karen. I, I Honestly, I, I don't believe that the D.A.R.E. program was neutral. No, it's, it's definitely not. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm being I'm I'm kind of being a dick. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be nice. Uh, as nice no, as possible. That, that, that's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm hearing what you're saying, and obviously oh I can't I can't say my experience with police officers should be everyone's because no. everyone's experiences with police officers are different, unique experiences in themselves. No, Stitch, I just think that. Hold that on. Let me let me be clear. I'll be honest. The vast majority of my police experiences have been positive. I've gotten out of way more tickets than I've gotten in my lifetime. But that's yeah. not. The, that's, but, not me. but that's that's. I don't. I've been in. I've been in handcuffs four times. Of those four times, two of them was for a reason. The other two was just because. 
for no fucking apparent reason. Yeah, I, I, I think that if I, I think that if people house. interacted with the police prior to an, a situation where involved in possibly getting a ticket, I think that would re, that would help establish a better relationship and establish more of a community policing base. But with with the with society in general where it's where if you're having your first interaction with the police with when you're 16 17 years old where they're breaking up a party or whatever and they might come in being a dick where if your first interaction with a police officer might be 13 years old where they're telling you about the dangers of, of smoking cigarettes or something like at least yeah. that's how my dare program but that's that um to me that, that's not even the problem man i mean the, the problem for me and what you said i i agree with everything you just said but the problem is, is that there's people in a society in America right now that are European American that will use the police unfairly against people of color because they know that they will most likely be more more scrupulous to whatever infraction they may yeah. or may not have committed against them, and they, they're using the police as a weapon. And that's the problem that I didn't recognize until like so okay. recently. You know, because because it happens a lot. So whose fault is that, though? Is it is it is it if we're gonna put that? You know, is it the person that pulls the trigger on that gun, or is it the gun's fault? If you if you're gonna say that the, they're using the police as a weapon it's and not, they're weaponizing the police, it's not the gun's fault. It's definitely the person that called the police and the police officer. Okay, because yeah, they, because they because I they agree. look at you as a human being. I'm, you know me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm super fucking Second Amendment. Like it's not a it's well, not a gun's well, fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just saying, yeah, I, I wanted to make sure that we were on the same page and that the people that are weaponizing the police are more of a problem than the, pe the actual police itself in no, those situations. No, hold on. Dis disagree. Yeah, no. Dis hold on. Sorry, Blue. I got to cut you off, man. No, no. I, 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 I probably agree with you about saying. Yeah. So it's it, it, it's a problem on both sides because if the, if the police were fair when they came on the scene, they would look at the person of color as a decent human being instead of – because you're innocent to proven guilty, right? Oh, well, if you're responding to, oh, here we go. All right. If you're <laughs> responding to a sit, if you're responding to a situation and you are lied to on that situation or whatever, then you're putting the officer in a fucked up situation that that's unfair to him. If, if yeah, no, I call it, well, well, in theory, you're supposed to at least have enough honesty and respect that the person reporting the crime is at least telling you the fucking truth. Now, if the person is just being a bullshitter right off the bat, then, yeah, that's the, then that's the it puts the officer in a fucked up situation. If, yeah. if, yeah. if me, if we, if all three of us are just here chilling in, in the same house, and I go in the back room and I call the police, and you're like, "Yo, there's these two black men in my house, and they're here to rob me. I need your help. They have me hostage. Blah 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 blah. I gotta go." And I hang up the phone, and the officer busts in, and he sees that you two are here. Matching the description of what it is that the person who's supposed to be innocent and supposed to be a real honest truthful person How why I mean yeah, the officer needs to use some sort of discretion going into it but Yeah, so based on the information that he's given with the lie like the lie is the lie I, And yeah. you know it, it It's a fucked up situation if you're, if I know. you're it's like with squatting I, I get it man, but the, the, this is the problem it's, and I'm, I'm at this point, I'm apologizing to you profusely because I, I didn't want to go down this whole route I, with you. Not, I'm, I'm not. We, 
we know how we each other are, yeah. and those of us that have listened to the podcast know that there is no animosity when we get in these these debates. We're yeah. two highly intellectual people, yeah. and we, we we know how to well explain both of our sides. Yeah, I mean, we're that, passionate about it. That being said, though, if somebody's like listening to the podcast right now, they might have thought that I'm trying to ambush you. Which, like, honestly, this shit wasn't even no. on the fucking list. <laughs> no, 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 I, yeah, that's fine. All right, so. Your situation that you just talked about, where somebody calls up and says, like, you know, pers- person X did, you know, whatever the fuck. Everybody use Z now, because I used X earlier. Um, it's still supposed to be innocent to proven guilty. And so when somebody comes in, and their gun's hot, and it, it seems to be, through empirical evidence, that it's gun's hot when the person happens to be, you know, a person of color. And they don't assume their innocence. They assume they're guilty. So when you come in, hot... On any sort of fucking call, and your guns are already drawn, like you're already you're presuming that they're guilty, and this is this is the it, problem. There's there's a lot of factors that go into. It. I mean, we're, we're just using general terms and saying like, yeah, yeah. guns hot and everything like that. It, it's it'd be one thing if like, if I'm let's say I'm just some like 16 year old teen and like my dad is beating on my mom and he has a knife. Just because I'm mad at my dad because he won't let me go to a party or whatever. My dad's beating on my mom. He's got a knife. He's he's beating her up. I'm scared. Click. If if I'm the officer responding to that scene, yeah, I got my gun out because based on the information I got from somebody that's supposed to be there, supposed to be telling me the truth, somebody's life is at danger. And when I walk through that door, I don't know what is going to be just on the other side of it. So, yeah, I'm going to have my gun out. And then... It does fall on the officer to be able to de-escalate the situation and analyze stuff that, based on what he is, what he sees in front of his his own eyes. Yeah. But when some, when people start pouring kerosene on the on the on the kindling and stuff before the officer gets on scene and just like this that this is going on, you got no. I mean, it, it's it's a hard situation to be put in. And I, I don't like to. I don't want to be like one of those people like you don't know until you've been there or whatever, but. No, I mean, you can tell... When, when you, I've been in fucking situations before. I mean, so I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is... It is... It's scary, for the most part. Because it's like, you don't know what it is that you're walking in on. I mean, we, we've seen... We, there was a situation a couple weeks ago in, in Santa Cruz where the officer got ambushed just going to a, a simple domestic violence call. He rolls up and then pop, pop, pop. He's just getting unloaded on. I mean, that shit does happen. I mean, we see it happen... Every other week or so, just to, oh, I don't want to say as frequently as we see cops beating on innocent people. I mean, it, it, it does happen, but I guess let me bring it down to a, a less um, extreme situation because we're talking about violence. Because when when you talk about violence, obviously things are way more messy than than normal. When it comes down to like drug enforcement, and when it comes down to somebody being high or holding drugs I think that I don't even think it, evidence shows that people of color are way more likely to get thrown in jail for drug offenses than European Americans I mean that's yeah, we, we yeah, have the same amount yeah, well, it is different in different places I mean obviously I've worked and lived in different areas of the country. And I can tell you things that happen in Louisiana that you go to jail for there 
they'll they'll be like, all right, get the fuck out of here in California because it'll it's like, oh, you have weed, and this is even before weed was legal, uh, legal in California. Well, yeah, but there's still like, people. That, well, that's a problem though, is because there's people. I'm glad you brought up weed because there's people still in jail for possession of weed in California, even though we'd let a lot go. But we can be fully let go though. Huh? People in, the people who are in jail for for possession, they're fully being let go from from prison. Yeah, that's what cool. I'm saying. Like that, we still have a lot in, in still in jail. But the problem is, yeah. is that the people that were even before that, they got thrown in jail for a felony for drug possession. All right, and we have relegated all of them to this second class citizenship. Like they're basically they're in, they're fucked for the rest of their lives. They can't vote. It's hard to get a job. And they're, what are they going to do? Commit other crimes to get money. Because you really don't have any other choice. And this is a huge problem here in America. Is that we're throwing people in jail for these drug crimes where... I'm sorry, unless you hurt somebody else, I don't really give a shit if you're doing drugs. Honestly, that's me as like a former, like... I'm not even former, I'm I'm a military guy. You know, I mean, I'm out, but I'm still a marine. You know, it's like I don't. If you're doing drugs, I don't really give a shit. Don't hurt, like hurt anybody. Drugs, Just get high. I don't give a fuck. Selling drugs, I can understand. Like selling drugs, like yeah, okay, you shouldn't be doing that. But if you're doing the drugs, no, not even selling drugs. Oh, all right, hold on. So not even selling drugs, because at this point, people, the fucking open. I don't think people even realize the reason why. Like the the people have been so open to, um cannabis being legalized here in America and people getting out of jail here in America because of like cannabis is mainly because the drug war started affecting European Americans like white people because there was an opiate crisis to happen here in America and people started throwing them in jail because of opiate abuses and they were like oh shit like we're throwing in jail our own people and that's when people started fucking coming out. And it's literally, look, you can look it up right now. Like, Google it. Look at the fucking time frame between uh, opiate crisis and drug reform. Like, they're hand in hand. You know? And, I, and it's a fucking shame because there's people, there's brown people in jail right now for fucking super minor drug offenses that are in states where it's legal now. And they're still in fucking jail. And they're still felons where when they get out, they're relegated to a whole fucking fucked up system where they can't vote, where they can't do anything, they can't get a job, and they're fucked. And they, they can't even get fucking social uh, program help. They can't get fucking welfare. They can't get anything. How the fuck do you expect them to live? Like, seriously. I'll, I'll, both of you, any, either one of you guys can answer that. I mean, it's... It goes deep. I mean, obviously, the prison system is more for punishment than it is rehabilitation. It should be rehabilitation. That's what it should be. Yeah. Yeah, and and then even obviously, I mean, I have been to Angola in Louisiana, so I can tell you that place is is literally a plantation. It is it is just a privatized plantation or whatever. It is the most Twilight Zone shit I've ever seen in my life. It's like. People live there. Their 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 economy runs off prisoners. It's the Thirteenth Amendment. It's that's it's not fair. Now now you're. You, I'm sorry. The, the you're, you're interweaving stuff that's that should be separate. 
or whatever. Yeah. Obviously, prison, it shouldn't be a part of the economy. You shouldn't be facing, oh, yeah, well, this is how we're going to thrive and how we're going to make our society better is we're going to depend on the labor of the incarcerated. That's problematic in itself because you're not trying to improve people who are incarcerated because then you are fucking up your, your labor force. They're slaves. Which sort of sounds, if you think about it, like slavery. Exactly. Yeah, and they're slaves. <laughs> and yeah. this, is, this is why anybody that's listening to this right now, watch the 13th because the 13th Amendment, while it did free the slaves, it also left a pretty fucked up fucking mention in there about how yeah. you can still make people slaves and it, it has to do with incarceration, which is why we have mass incarceration today. So watch the 13th and then listen to... Uh, the new Jim Crow, and it'll explain to you why the situation that we're in today, and even how it extends to uh, immigrants here in America, because immigrants are the, it's the new slavery. We have fucking children in detention facilities right now in America, and nobody seems to give a fuck. Like, the most people that don't, they, they, they've read it, they've heard about it. But they don't give a fuck. We have kids in jail. But all making... that matters that. Go ahead. Yeah, all that matters. They don't give a fuck. We have kids in jail that did nothing wrong besides follow their parents here to America, and they're being used like batteries in the Matrix for revenue for America. Or, I'm sorry, for corporations in America, because those same corporations that saw that hey, uh, we're getting less revenue because of these new laws that are making drugs legal. We're getting less people in jail, which is still an astronomical amount. We have way more people in jail than we need to have in jail. We st- they saw the, that the laws were lessening towards drug laws, so they started throwing in jail anybody they could, which happens to be illegal immigrants. And they're going to try to use the same bullshit rhetoric that they used with African Americans, um, you know, back in like the early 1900s and prior. And they use the same exact fucking bullshit. You know, they, they're calling them criminals. They're saying they're breaking all these fucking laws that... They're not breaking any... Their laws they're breaking... They're not violent. Like, I don't understand... Like, they're coming here over here for a better life. If anything, you should fast-track them to be a citizen in the United States to fucking pay taxes just like the way that anybody else does. But well, I like how... Um, how... President 45 basically just changed, like, the work visa for, like, specialized roles or positions... Basically, makes it more difficult. Like, I mean, it kind of makes it. It's like if you're specialized in that in the role that he that he's blocking. But like, a lot of companies rely on like the special like type of visa, and a lot of the big companies are like aren't happy about that. Well, yeah, you talking about Trump? Yeah, yeah, with the whole like the H H one H one shit H one something. I forget. But yeah, like a specialized visa, specialized type of visa. Yeah, it's like, it's just it's so un-American, like what they're doing mm-hmm. right now. We should take everybody, even if they're shitty. You know, the, even shitty people have a role in society. You know, if you don't have that that many skills, you still have a role in society. All right, and you still deserve to be treated like a goddamn human being, and not to be relegated to some second-class citizenship. Do what you can, do the best you can. You should not be marginalized here in America. And it's fucking disgraceful to me as being a U.S. Marine for somebody that took an oath to to this country that we are still treating people as second-class citizens. It's fucking bullshit. 
Hey, I'm gonna wrap it up. <laughs> Sorry, that was deep. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, ne next time I'll, I will, uh, <laughs> Stitch, I will tell you ahead of time if I'm gonna get, talk about police shit. Oh, no, it's good. Uh, most of the time I don't even look at the topic list because I just like to have fresh takes off the top of my head. Me too. Or whatever, just to. I, I just like to be like, oh, this is how I feel, rather than have something sort of rehearsed and have all these bullet points. That yeah. I, I like to just be hit with the topic and, and give my raw feelings on what it is. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that, that's fair, but there's like things where, I mean, I, 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 I feel like if, if I'd have given you a heads up, you could have gave like more informed answers. Like, not that your fucking answers weren't informed, but I feel like I kind of like spurned them on you like an asshole. So. And yeah, it wasn't it, it wasn't intentional. Yeah, it, no, no, it's all it's all good. It's just with like that question, I'm like, Jesus Christ! I'm like, there's a million different like yeah, flow chart paths. I saw you thinking. Kinda, yeah, yeah, I was just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm just like, ah, I'm just, I'm just going down this slide. <laughs> so actually, you know, Mr. X actually asked the I asked him and another friend of mine who's he's part of the uh, San Francisco PD. I asked two guys to come on, and the SFPD guy declined. And it's like, it's fine. Like, we're still friends. But uh, Mr. Yeah. X said that he, he, he'd want to come on and talk about it. So if you want to come on and talk about this sort of thing... Um, that would be great. Yeah, let's, let's do I, I have a couple people that I, I kind of thought about maybe reaching out to yeah. to see if they would... Uh, unfortunately, one of my friends is currently under the COVID, so... Uh, oh, shit. He's done with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, he's, he's got answer. some other... He's a little bit preoccupied right now. We should we should do a, we should do a podcast where we we can have like maybe quit like 15, 20, 15, 20, 30 minutes where we have like a fan come on to the cast and just kind of give their opinion and we kind of have like a quick little debate. Well, I, you know, I wanted to have uh, so the guy that does uh, our trans not trans transcript timestamps. Jesus Christ, oh, timestamps, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, my friend Devil Tank. I, I want to have him on. Uh, as like probably. I'm, I'm like, gonna call him Tank Man. You wanna call him what? I'm gonna call him Tank Man, or should we call him Tank. Pepper Man? I call him Devil Tank because he's a devil dog. He's a marine, so I call him. We devil should call. Tank. We should call him Pepper Tank. Pepper, Pepper Tank, Tank would be a better name. Why for I say him. Pepper? Because of what we did to him and um. Oh, uh, that was was that, it, yeah. was that salt? Or was, I thought it was salt. Was it pepper? No, it was. I know it was salt, but I just thought pepper. But yeah, okay. because salt, salt, pepper, salt paint. That was a fucking. Yeah, it was salt. Yeah, yeah. That was a great story. We'll, we'll, when it gets on, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. But yeah, um, he, he'll listen to this obviously because he isn't gonna give us timestamps. Um, but he's at the top of my list of having like a, a listener on, even though he's yeah, be, he's a listener. He's a that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah, but he's also he's a retired military guy now. Alright, um, I know Prodigy dropped off because he had to go deal with some family members. Family members matters, matters. Uh, Stitch, what you guys populating this weekend? Uh, just, sort of just chilling. I plan on cooking up some, uh, unfortunately I can't get some fresh crawfish, but I was going to do some crawfish ATK <laughs> tomorrow, so, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, no, no, uh, ATK, it's sort of like a tomato kind of, uh, sauce with, uh, crawfish and, uh, celery, bell peppers, onions, and everything. It's one of my favorite dishes, um, heavy butter and cream, so if you're trying to be health conscious, it's, it's not the best for you, but it's well, fucking good. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, so, uh, I'm gonna probably do that, and then, uh, the baby's getting bigger. It's so funny, because she's communicating by just, like, 
Did, what's that? I said, is she working yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, not, no, not yet. She's a she's just talkative, just nonstop, just bibble babble, just just talking. I was like, okay, she she knows how to use her vocal cords just to try to communicate, even though it's obviously not making any sense. Did so. you talk to her? So I just bring her around. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just, I talk pretend like time. I know what she's saying, and I, I have like conversations and stuff like that. But it, it's just funny watching her like do stuff because she can like sit up. Move, Head, like obviously just without a problem so just watching like the little things like i was outside with her just getting some sun and just coming outside and she's like yeah so i just pull a leaf off and she's like holding it just mesmerized by like a leaf on a tree <laughs> and everything i'm just like watching her just like fascinated making sure she doesn't just put it in her mouth because <laughs> all babies want to do they just want to eat stuff so just, well, just little it, stuff like that's that that just how they experience the the world like Oh yeah, absolutely. Are fucking in their mouth. That's all, that the whole entire world is based off of touch in your mouth, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Cronus, what you got populating this weekend? Uh, this weekend I'm gonna redo the doors on the Infinity Base because nice. me and uh, my father-in-law uh, we figured out, or he figured out. A, a better way to do the doors, so we're just gonna fucking just hack shit apart and, and redo them. Yeah. And then hopefully I'll move in soon, which is good because it's summertime and today was fucking hot in this goddamn garage with not yeah, a lot of hot. insulation. So in the in the new infi- in the infinity base, it's fucking ten degrees cooler at all times or warmer depending on like the if it's winter or, or, or summer. It's it's really well done <laughs> as far as like insulation goes. But yeah, this garage can be can be fucking brutal sometimes. Um, just sitting in here, I'm just suffering daily. <laughs> but, but it's all good. Yeah, hopefully it'll be done uh, soon. The floor is done. It, it, as soon as I can secure the actual building, I'll feel more comfortable putting in thousands of dollars worth of equipment into the building. So yeah, once that's done, um, I'll move in and um, you will see a whole new background rather than my desk and my refrigerator and some uh, vodka bottles behind me. <laughs> so, yeah. That's about it. Alright, so this is your boy Blue here. So this weekend I'm going to continue practicing my guitar. Like, I'm actually kind of impressed of the stuff I've learned so far. But um, I'm trying to change careers too, so I'm learning more about network engineering and stuff like that. So I'm like watching a lot of like tutorials and videos and reading a bunch of materials. Um, also, when, you, when you're a homeowner, you got to do yard work, so I got a bunch of, like, yard work that I fucking do, so I got a bunch of trees and bushes and stuff I need to trim, nice. but, uh, other than that, I got, actually, I'm looking at the price for the first, uh, The Last of Us, and it's only, like, $20 on, uh, at, at, uh, Walmart, so. The first, the first, oh, one, first one. one. The first one, yeah. yeah. I might pick that, the remake, the remake, yeah, the remake on PlayStation 4 is only $20 right now, so I might actually pick that up. Go through it, figure out what the whole storyline is about, and maybe pick up the love it. one because what you guys are talking about has been pretty fucking amazing. I could probably you'll love it. I could probably drop it off the remake because that the prodigy gave it to me, and I could probably let you borrow it. I could oh, you yeah, have the remake? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty, pretty oh, sure. It. Maybe. I think. Let me look. <laughs> <laughs> 
Other than that, just fucking chilling and trying to stay away from this fucking coronavirus, basically. Even though the fucking trend's been going back up again. Wow. Yeah, we're about to all get locked down again. Basically. Uh, since Old Ninja isn't here, I'm gonna take the outro. Uh, you've been listening to the Dengue's podcast in the fucking whole entire country. Black and Black Times Infinity, you can find us Infinity! On... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can find us on Infinity. Spotify, Player <laughs> FM, um, Apple, I, Apple Play, Apple Play, oh, Apple yeah. Podcast, um, and there's one you can pay for. We're also on uh, Apple, Amazon Music as well. Um, you can find us out on our webpage at, at Binhive Productions, backslash, BZMPTI. Is that right? You can find us on the Instagram. If you Google Black and Black Times Infinity, you are going to find us. <laughs> and um, with that, with that said, hey, we have this bitch. In penetrating further and further into the unknown vastness of space. Yet many questions remain unanswered.